Welcome to Cowhorse, Full Contact by Ben Self, with host Chris Dawson and Russell Dilday. This episode brought to you by the Reno Snaffle Bit Fraternity, September 13th to the 20th, Reno, Nevada. Russell, holy crap. What about them two runs today, dude? <laughs> that was a lot funner. <laughs> that makes all those terrible runs all this year. There's probably, I don't know, 15 of them if you put them all together. It kind of go away. Those, <laughs> <laughs> those two even just it out. Just two little just I was so I can erase it. <laughs> just awesome. found just spent a little 45,000 here and mark 210 all year. <laughs> <laughs> It's all coming together at the right time. Yikes. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Love it when a plan comes together. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shoot. You well, started it. What? I didn't start You nothing. sent me cotton. Yeah, right. You're Full welcome. Brother. You're welcome. Full brother. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime, brother. <laughs> <laughs> now you got Cotton Jr. Cotton Jr. He doesn't kick or bite. <laughs> rips down that fence for a 224 though yowzer wow dad gum that was impressive that was as funny. jim spence here says the clinician is in the house <laughs> yeah that was a clinic but <laughs> no, i'll change it <laughs> i'll get back to myself you start you started that deal off with a bang now because I was sitting there kind of going, well, I wonder how this three-year-old deal is going to go. <laughs> Russell pops out there in the first set. And I, I was standing up. <laughs> I was like, this is awesome. This is going to be great. I was making sure I watched because, I mean, that, she's a cool mare and I love her. But it's, uh, it's like, hmm, I wonder how this is going to go. And then this thing left she's out of that corner. She's a lot. I was like, that's enough cow to keep up with her and Russell, I think. <laughs> they got, run, little cow, run. I know, that, was, that fourth turn was faster than the first one, I think. Holy mackerel. If I'm like, I thought, if I don't circle soon, I'm going to run out of air. <laughs> not the horse, not the cow, just a rustle. Just a rustle out of here. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Uh, it was fun. Well, I'm telling you, this has been an exciting fence work show right here. Dad Gum, what about that two rain the other day? Two rain, the bridle. I mean, it's just. All of them have been good. It's insane what's going on in that pen right there. A little yeah. Monday night bridal class. Right? Yeah. Friendly. Uh, yeah. Friendly. I think I was 59. I got. Maybe the last hole with a fifteen six fifty nine. Take that. Thanks for coming. In the first set of four, maybe it was a six sixty five. Yeah. Was Something third. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. That was wow. awesome. That was some good stuff. Yeah, so welcome to Cow Horse Full Contact. We've got a special guest here, Jim Spence today. We're uh, recapping some of these current events that are happening here in Las Vegas at the Prefaturity slash Stallion Stakes slash Bridal Spectacular slash, slash whatever big, cool mask, a masquerade party masquerade that we're having here. <laughs> kind of like, like eyes wide shut. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody's got their mask on. We're in Vegas and who knows what's going on, right? <laughs> just assume everyone's smiling at you. You're yeah, done, right? <laughs> I, know, I love telling the girls, so this is what it's going to be like when we go Muslim. <laughs> <laughs> Get ready for that burqa. Practice walking two steps back. 
<laughs> yeah, you said that How'd on that my go over. I about got, I I got, got slapped. You almost got slapped. <laughs> <laughs> I was not here. I'm a brave guy. Yeah, <laughs> Doc talks big when his wife's in Oklahoma. Right. <laughs> You have Can to go home to her. That? <laughs> she may hear this. <laughs> no, I just my mom. <laughs> oh, man. What'd you think of the deal, Spence? The deal? The cattle, the oh. ground. I think, well, first off, I love Vegas. I love showing here. This is awesome place to show. I mean, the, all sweet. the arenas they got, the ground's good in every one of them. It's set up when you go to cut. It's set up when you go down the fence. It's this is a hard place to beat when it oh, comes to showing, man. and you can go gamble and drink and eat yep. all the other stuff cowboys like to do. All, <laughs> all the traditional. It's like cowboy pastime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From steak and shake to Michaels, yeah, whatever everything. You like. What do you yeah. want? What do you yeah. want tonight? Seafood, Mexican food. That sushi last red. night. It was awesome. Italian You can even sushi. put some steak on your sushi here. Yeah. Eight second bowl Eight ride. Second bowl we ride. did have that. It was good. Right. That's the first time I tried that. That was a getter. Mm, that was good. May do it again. Well, I tell you, a super big shout out to the Gons for opening up South oh, Point yes. for this deal and putting their neck out on the line for us. And I mean, like say the master you know not the most welcome convenience in the world but you know what everybody's been, seems like everybody's doing a super job keeping them on, staying compliant and making sure we, uh, are able to have horse shows you know and so you know whatever we got to do i says man if we got to wear pink tutus and walk around on our hands and knees and i guess we'll do whatever we got to do as long as we can keep horse showing well i'm not sure i'm not sure i'd go that far (laughs) (laughs) but i mean it wouldn't be the first time we saw chris crawling around either fair i know that's not fair that's already his pastime (laughs) (laughs) i got one ready what are y'all talking about i got one back (laughs) Hey, and what about the guys that are around to remind you to put your mask on? Right. And even they're polite. They oh, yeah. They're so nice. Yeah. Like the whole Michael Gaughan staff, the South Point staff, their amount of loyalty to Michael Gaughan. Yeah. And this, the whole culture from Michael's bar all the way to the steak and shake. They're so wonderful to be around. Yeah. I, I go get my hair cut when I come here and the guy that in the barbershop there he like he loves michael right off the get-go but he tells lots of good stories oh I mean, he is he is such a good guy it's most expensive haircut i get every year but i get it done every time i come every time i think he's awesome your hair looks nice thanks buddy yeah you're welcome he gave me half off well he, <laughs> he cheated you <laughs> That guy's high end down there. Right. So one time, the scariest haircut I ever got in my life was there. I go in there to get a haircut, and it's high end. But he has an old man that had worked for him a long time, and he's keeping him on. He's, say, 78, 9. And I go in there. His, it's almost like Parkinson's, and they do use the razor. Holy, you've never held your breath (laughs) in your life. And I went in and told him about it last year, and he laughed. He's like, I couldn't make him quit. (laughs) And I went in there, I'm thinking, why are there five people waiting and that booth's open? I'll take a shave. I'm in a hurry. I'll take a haircut in there. (laughs) As I'm going in, the guy coming out looks at me like, 
Don't do, don't do, get to shave. Do, don't get to shave. <laughs> Can't figure out why your glasses won't know. stay straight on yeah. your head anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but also the best haircuts I've ever had have been in there too. Yeah. But it is fun. That was about fifteen years ago. All right, well, enough about us. Enough about I'm, us. <laughs> we've got with us today the wonderful Jim Spence. Years Northern of Connection. Northern Connection. Northwest. Shout out. Yes, sir. Coming and from uh, Canada. Spent a ton of time on judges' committees and really just a guy that I've looked up to for a long time. I mean, he always uh, kind of our wise sage for my generation. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, laying it on thick there, bud. Yeah. Well... <laughs> Let's talk about you. Somebody asked to. So what about it, Spence? Born in Canada? I was. Yeah, born in Calgary, Alberta. And uh, I left there in 85, I guess, 84. How old were you? 15 or 16 when we left Alberta. Mm. Mm. Pretty leave it to beaver childhood there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, More Wally Haskell, I'm sure. (laughs) Uh, no, <laughs> it, it was a little. Uh, it was a little different than Leave It to Beaver. Colored, yeah. yes, yeah. So yeah. trading horses, young. Yeah, my dad. Uh, my dad was a horse trader, killer buyer. We never paid more than killer price for one. I know that. <laughs> we would take anything that was halfway sound and try to ride them a while, and if they didn't buck you off, run off through the barbed wire fence. That's the kind of thing we take them back and sell them as kid horses at the next sale. <laughs> <laughs> kid horses or mother-in-law horses? Yeah, whatever <laughs> it took, man. I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd hay fever pretty bad, so my dad would take me and roll me around in the straw before I'd ride them in there, get the tears going, and all the auctioneers <laughs> knew, knew me, so... It, they give him the old uh, Jimmy's dad has lost the ranch and he's got to sell his pony. So help him out, folks. <laughs> yeah, about about the fifth one they were catching on, they'd have to stick my brother on him. You know, <laughs> buyer beware. Oh you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of that going on. At that time, there was a couple of horse sales in Alberta every weekend, so. We could pull it off a few times. <laughs> Just move around. Just kept moving. I gave him a new haircut, yeah. new hat. <laughs> no, yeah. no contacts today, Jim. Yeah, wear your glasses. Yeah. Yeah. You're going in blind, sir. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what we did for entertainment and a living. And a living. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. We he got might have gotten a little trouble, and so we had to head south and ended up in Washington State. What kind of trouble? Well, yeah, there's no telling with him. I mean, he he didn't always tell me everything that was going on. But, you know, he, Don't worry about it. We're moving. Yeah, yeah. we're moving fast. He, he woke me and my brother up one night and uh, said, hey, uh, you guys, we need to get our stuff packed. We're, uh, we're moving. We're, oh, okay. And uh, where are we going? Well, I'll let you know that. Just get your stuff packed. And we were like, right now? And he goes, yeah, right now. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> we left. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we ended up in Washington State and uh, at some friends of his house, and Benny and Alice Day. We stayed there for a bit, and uh, I ended up staying there. He died a few months later, so they kind of just took me in. And uh, and how it, old are you when this happened? I was I was. I guess I was 16 by the time he had died, so 
How old was your brother? He he's, was almost 15. He's, he's, oh, you're younger. I'm, I'm the oldest, yeah. You're the oldest. And, and there's just the two of you. Well, no, there's three of us. Um, my mom had my youngest brother with her. We were just, me and my... Uh, but, but you were all three full brothers? Yep. All yep. three full. Oh, yep. and, and uh, how old is he? Well, he is probably three or four years younger than me. Younger than you. Oh, yep. you guys weren't very far apart. No. 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 Pretty close. Yep. And she stayed in uh, Canada. Yeah, well, she they'd split up when we were pretty little, so it was just me and the one brother with my dad. Oh, when you were real little. Yeah. And how that, did you guys, like, pick or just it, it straws or what? The, how was that? No, it was it was mess. I mean, they, they didn't get along very good, and it, uh, it was kind of wild around uh, the Spence household <laughs> for... <laughs> For enough years, I, I remember it, but I mean, I think I was nine or ten when she finally had had enough, and <laughs> and she bailed and took the baby, and uh, you know, we stayed with our dad. They fought about it for a while, and but we were we liked it with dad. I mean, it was crazy, but it was we had a lot of fun too. You're, you're, <laughs> <laughs> it is the bloodline. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My grandmother called us the my father's wild Indian tribe. So we probably <laughs> we probably fit better with him than we would have with mom anyway. You know. Stop um, fighting for him. You might get him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Careful what you wish. Careful for. what you wish for. <laughs> Oh yeah. man, that's awesome. Oh, what'd your dad die from? I forgot. Uh, he, he he was a pretty heavy drinker, so I'm not I'm not sure what uh, finally killed him. But I mean, he he bad liver, with, bad all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, liver, kidney, and all that. Yeah, all that. How stuff. old was he? I'm not sure how old he was. I, I he wasn't very old. I mean, he was fifties. Fifties. Yeah, oh, pretty young. Yeah, but he he lived pretty hard. I mean, oh, he, he was, tried it all out. Oh yeah, he was a bullfighter, and he, he he's crazy. Some bitches. <laughs> <laughs> like like pet face paint or like uh, Mexican horse riding bullfighting. No, no, he was. It was bullfighting in the Barrel. BRCA and yeah, stuff. I yeah, I got you. Yeah, you know that they, they were him and his partner Buddy Eaton were were a pretty interesting pair to. So where witness. was he raised? Uh, he was raised in Saskatchewan. And uh, he was on his own at uh, at pretty young age too. I think seventeen, eighteen years old. He got kicked out of the house when he was about seventeen. <laughs> his his dad wasn't doing very well either. He he died of cancer when my dad was about seventeen, eighteen years old, and his mom couldn't really handle him either because <laughs> he was uh, wild. Yeah, he was wild. Was it, was your grandpa wild? I don't think so. I, mm-hmm. I don't think he was. I, I don't know a lot about him. I mean, he but he was an accountant for a car dealership. Up oh, there. really? Oh, hold on. Uh, wait, not a bullfighter. No, <laughs> no, no. And I, I don't know exactly how my dad got mixed up in it. I've heard a lot of stories, and not all of them uh, match up. But you know, they're all good ones. But <laughs> and, uh, and they're not all um, untrue. No, no. Uh, yeah. uh, you know Don Brown. I mean. Oh yeah. He he tells some pretty good ones about him. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So there, I was around for part of it, um, the kind of the tail end of it. But did you do some um, fighting? Did I? Did he? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, he liked <laughs> all the stuff. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't just bullshit. He, he liked yeah. fight with my mom. He liked fight anyway. with anybody that anybody that wanted to fight. And yeah. Yeah. But me and him didn't get along real good there for a couple of years, so I tested it a time or two. How'd that work out? Not real good, usually. Not really yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Maybe, a little, maybe a little uh, early. Maybe yeah. a little early yeah, in I your career. Yeah, I might have needed a little, you know, some warm-up fights before I took <laughs> on the champ. <laughs> yeah, you know, went for the title fights yeah, right off the right get off. and just wasn't very smart. <laughs> I've been yeah. training. Yeah. Well, I, I started thinking I was pretty tough because I had two little brothers, you know. I mean, oh, whip the heck I out of them. I whipped them all the time. Yeah. Well, it's just yeah. straighten him out, too. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Did your brothers try him? No. No, so you're both of my brothers one. are much smarter than me. Yeah, <laughs> bo- both of them were. Yeah, I'm. I, I got the bad on the top side breeding. <laughs> Held pretty tough there. How? What's your mom's family like? Uh, they're real nice. I mean, I'm I'm not real close with them because, like I said, yeah, we, <laughs> you know, they split up when I was pretty little, and so I didn't really know them very good because they didn't uh, miss your dad but <laughs> they did not miss my dad and he he didn't have a lot of good to say about any of them to be honest with you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It, it was. It, we didn't have real big family reunions. I'd put it that way. <laughs> Are you going for Easter? Yeah. <laughs> Nowhere we're not going. <laughs> we didn't really have to leave home to have our family reunion. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did your dad make a living when he left at seventeen? He he went to bullfight and he got he oh, got hooked up with a it. guy named Buddy Heaton that had a uh, he had a contract with a bunch of different rodeos. <clears throat> and so he uh, apparently, this is a story I heard anyway. They was in uh, South Dakota. My dad had made it to South Dakota with the money his father had given him at when he told him he needed to leave the home. <laughs> and uh, he was plumb out of money and there was a rodeo and he was asking around about jobs. And uh, one of the guys says, oh, here, here's guys need to go over this guy's trailer he's looking for help and my dad went over there and apparently the guy that had been helping buddy uh had died in the performance of the rodeo so buddy was looking for another guy to help drive trucks so my dad got the job oh <laughs> a little hazard pay and yeah, I, oh, what's the i think they started out uh 401k in this shop (laughs) real good pals right after that i think my dad and him got along real good wow yeah so jump in the deep end yeah yeah so he drove the truck to the next rodeo and started fighting both yeah yeah i wonder how much fighting he had done other than bulls i don't think well he did a lot of fighting other than bulls but i don't think he'd fought bulls before that wow yeah yeah so he just jumped right into rodeo that's what he started doing, yeah. Yeah. I mean he'd been a he'd been a real good basketball player oh. and stuff in high school. Oh really? So he was pretty athletic, but um but I don't think he'd ever really dealt with livestock prior to that. Yeah. Well, the good thing is he didn't know what well, could happen. Yeah, and he, <laughs> he he dang sure a bit of an adrenaline junkie. I mean he liked to do anything that was uh exciting, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He was he liked to drive fast and 
Why like, did your mother fall for him? Well, you know, I mean, look at me, man. <laughs> <laughs> Apple didn't fall far from the tree there. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, I think he was a lot of fun. He liked to party, and he was a lot of fun. And she was young and yeah. pretty, and what the heck. Bad picker. Yeah. <laughs> it goes around. There's a lot I, of that going around. I know, right here in this room. Yeah, right here in this room, yeah. speaking of bad pickers. Mm-hmm. Thanks, sir. Yep. Now you we got some refreshments. That? Got a little water. Water it's from from our. Got to hydrate, man, Stefan. Seriously, you didn't bring water. I mean, for crying out loud, Stefan. It's all good. <laughs> so, your parents, uh, your <laughs> so proud accountant grandfather. I'm sure he was. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so did your dad have brothers and sisters? Yep. Uh, he's got an older brother, uh, Terry. He lived in. Uh, British Columbia the whole time I know about him. He, they weren't Him and his brother weren't super close. Mm-hmm. And then he had a younger sister that was a lot younger. She lived with us for a while. Oh. She kind of took care of me and my brother for a little bit. But uh, I, I think it was a little little uh, bit of a man cave there where we were living. Yeah. So I think maybe I she decided. Enough. I'm point. drowning in testosterone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That, and I think she was never allowed to date. My <coughs> father was uh, pretty protective, protective of her. Mm. I think she was ready to be somewhere out of his scrutiny. <laughs> but but we're, we're pretty close yet. I mean, my uh, when he died, my younger brother moved back to Alberta to live with her. So he, oh. he went back up there, but I liked it down here. I, I, was, I liked it, so I stayed. In the okay, so what was the paperwork like? You just picked up and <laughs> yeah. come down here? Uh, yeah, we did. Way back then? Yeah. That's, a little looser then, huh? Yeah. Well, we crossed the border, and uh, we were going to a furniture auction. Since we had all this furniture <laughs> back in the <laughs> and, <laughs> and they bought that. <laughs> and... Uh, Apparently that all these took a little chairs. longer <laughs> than we'd planned because we just didn't go back. So uh, got enrolled in high school in Burlington, Washington, and the uh, vice principal there knew I was illegal, but uh, he didn't seem to think it was that big a deal. So I stayed, finished, finished up high school there living with Benny and Alice Day and was working in their tax shop in the evenings. and. Mm. Helping pay my room and board, which I think I got a pretty good deal on because I know I didn't work as hard as I ate. (laughs) 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 Cut a lot of strap leather, that kind of stuff. I have no talent for carving leather or anything like that. No no artistry? No. No. No, Not artistic. I'm a strap leather guy. (laughs) (laughs) We need strings. Yep. A lot of head stalls made a lot of one ear head stalls. (laughs) (laughs) Ran the clicker. (laughs) So, how long are you there? I was there a year and a half. So, are you trading horses? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I always like to trade some horses I, ponies was what i was into then i i bought a lot of uh kid spoiled ponies out of the little nickel one ads there and i'd ride them for a bit uh benny's daughter i call her my sister kelly she had a little pasture and she let me keep them 
in her pasture, and she'd buy some of them because she had little kids. <laughs> so once they ruined them, I'd buy them back. <laughs> yeah, we uh, I'd pump gas. She owned a gas station. I'd pump gas for her and go ride my ponies and trade ponies. And and uh, I was helping Kurt Storbachen. He was a cutting horse trainer up there. So I was I was staying plenty busy. This is near 16, 17 right here. Yeah, from... From about 16 on till I was 19, I guess that's what I was doing, yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Finished school Yeah, I, I did. I pulled it off. I uh, <laughs> I was a super senior, but I, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> My second senior year was pretty easy, really. All I had to do was about three credits worth of classes and <laughs> took the afternoons off. <laughs> It's pretty awesome, really. It was yeah, everybody's best year that. of my life. Yeah. <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm being perfectly honest, <laughs> <laughs> what year did you graduate? Uh, it'd have been '86. Well, How you old are you? You look great. Thanks. I man. know. Yeah. Good skin. Yeah, it's that Northwest. We don't get mm. a lot of sun dry no. out. Indians <laughs> in your blood. Uh, well. Uh, I went to school on an Indian reservation for a bit, but no. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty clean skin. I'm telling you, it's that northwest weather, man. <laughs> Alberta, you know, you only get sun for because you gotta four keep it covered all the time. You keep your skin dark covered, all, <laughs> dark all winter, and then in. in in Oregon and Washington there, you know, we, we scraped the mold off and it looked pretty good. <laughs> what did Jim Paul say about them Oregon girls? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what did he say? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Check that podcast out. Yeah, I will. Go back I don't want, I don't want to misquote him. I wouldn't either. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe we shouldn't quote him properly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it would be easier to misquote him and safer. So 19 years old, your brother's still there. No, no, he'd been back to Alberta for, he, he left pretty quick after dad passed away. So he went back up, he finished high school and went to college and became a millionaire and got a divorce. And now he's, he rough. took up the account. He's like the rest of the family. Again. Yeah, now he comes right back to it. <laughs> Get out there for a while, but you're still a Spence. Yeah. <laughs> He'll take another shot at it. I'm sure. We went to his bar. He's, Still going on that? Yeah, he's still part of that. That's uh, that's been struggling a little with the oh the, the COVID, COVID shutdowns up there. But hey, it's beautiful, uh, high end in wait, what would you call it? industrial type? Yeah, like uh, it's a brew decorative. pub kind of deal. Yeah, and, yeah. It's, it's the cool. last best. Yeah, the last best. Yeah. What uh, towns are in? Calgary. 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 Yeah. 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 Downtown. Yeah, but it's pretty he's fancy. Wishing the uh, stampede took place this year. You know, he actually hates the stampede. Really? He says that Calgary turns into a damn zoo for stampede week. So he goes to Montana to the lake for stampede <laughs> week. I think that'd be good for a bar owner. Well, I think it's okay for the bar, but I think it's just the rest of the time. He'll leave someone else to collect the money yeah. on that. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's, yeah. He's a genius. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody had to get the brain. Somebody got oh, the yeah. looks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's me. <laughs> <laughs> there's three of us. Then there's the other one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, 
so, so how did you I mean how did you guys know the days before? I mean, just a friend of your dad's or Yeah, my dad uh my dad had traded tack and stuff too, and Benny was a tack trade Benny traded everything, horses, tack, trucks, you name it. And uh so my dad traded a lot with Benny and Benny was a great guy. I mean, he took took me in like I was his own kid, him and his wife and they uh they tried to help straighten me out a little. I might have been a little wild. I was still pretty wild. They might have second, second guess that. Yeah, they they were they were off <laughs> a good time, time or two. <laughs> here, oh yeah, here, there. here I there. guarantee you, they second guessed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But. Was your dad's deal sudden, or did he get sick for a while? Well, uh, he. I'm not sure he'd ever been real healthy to be honest. Oh. With you. I mean, <laughs> not noticeable. Yeah. He. he uh, but yeah, no, he he did die pretty sudden, but he'd had issues before, mm. you know. But he's kind of one of them guys you kind of <clears throat> weren't sure he was ever going to die because he was pretty tough that way, you know. Right. He'd he'd been in the hospital a couple times, come back out, and just get right back to what he was doing, and never seemed like it affected him any. But yeah, just another round. Yeah, looked like yeah. it'd just be another round. They didn't yeah. make it. Yep. Yeah. How hard was that to deal with for you and your brother? Well, I'll be honest with you. I think I was about ready. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys were about in Me and him weren't getting along yeah. real good. I mean, it, it was kind of going to be him or me at some point. <laughs> <laughs> and you weren't sure it was going to be yeah, him. Yeah, I wasn't sure I was going to have first prize fight. Dang yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Thought he was sick. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, think it, I think it did. It did upset my brother pretty good. I mean, it upset both of us, but right. I mean, I think he wasn't sure what the hell was next. He was still pretty young, you know? Yeah. So, and I'd been kind of trying to be on my own since I was 13, so. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty smart. I thought I knew all there was. Everything. I needed to know. You know I yeah. think sure do it as good as he could, I figured, but I might have been wrong on yeah. that. Yeah. It takes a while. Yeah. Well, they say the older you get, the smarter your parents get. Oh, yeah. that's a that's a true statement. I've got kids of my own now, so <laughs> I'm bound to get smarter here quick. <laughs> Surely it's coming. <laughs> Keep waiting for it to kick uh, in. Though. I'm just waiting. I'm thinking one of these days I'm going to be smarter than them. <laughs> uh, so at 19, what do you do? You leave there? No, I uh, I actually got a job with. Uh, well, I did I did leave Benny's, yeah, um, not by my own choice. He kind of let me know it was time for me to find another a gen- spot. A gentle push out of the nest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I come home one night and uh, I'm late. Might, I, yeah, well, probably morning. Drunk. Yeah, probably weird. And uh, <laughs> ben well, Benny, he was sitting there at his. Uh, table we had big old round table like this deal and uh he was having his morning coffee and <laughs> so i guess it was morning because he wasn't that early riser <laughs> but uh he said uh hey possum i left a present in your bedroom there and i i was like possum what's that all about why are you calling me possum he says well you come home out all night, come home in the morning, you smell like garbage. He says, that sounds like a possum to me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) There's a hint how this is going to go. So uh, I went in my room to see my present, and there was an old suitcase on my bed. Being the genius I am, I brought that out, and I was like, this is what you 
this is my present? He goes, yeah. I'm like, what's that about? He goes, you can't take a hint? <laughs> <laughs> nope. So fill it and so pick it fill up. It. <laughs> so I got mad and moved to his daughter's house and lived with her on her couch for a couple of <laughs> three months. <laughs> I'll show you. <laughs> I can preload anywhere. Yeah, I have a gift. <laughs> so yeah, I lived on her couch for a while. She had a gas station, and I uh, would pump Same gas yeah. and uh, babysit her kids and. Oh, drink her beer. That was good of her. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't a little risky. <laughs> I like kids. I have a lot. Uh, her kids were great. They were my little I, I wasn't worried so much about the kids, Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the house. It was, yeah. <laughs> we did trash the house. What they were trash. learning. What, yeah, how, they, yeah. what they were learning. It's part of maturing. <laughs> <laughs> Got to see both sides. Yeah. <laughs> Every pancake has That's two right. sides. Right. So, uh, three months there. Yeah, at, at least. Yeah. And uh, I was riding some ponies and colts and stuff like that and uh, still trading some. And It was right on, along the freeway was where this gas station was out in the country, but right along the freeway. And there's a big old tree farm up across the road. And I used to go ride them colts up there in the, on the trails. And, so I was headed underneath freeway one day to go up to the tree farm to ride, and this guy drove by in a old Cadillac, and he honked his horn, and this colt spooked and took off down the shoulder of the freeway, run off with me for quite a ways. And when I rode back, he was still parked there at the gas station. He was getting a six-pack of beer, and he was waiting for me to get back. And uh, he says, hey, I'm sure sorry about that. And I said, oh, it's, that's all right. You know, no harm, no foul. He goes, well, I need a guy that could uh, ride some colts. You'd be interested in riding some colts? And I said, well, I guess, yeah. I said, when when would you want me to do that? And he says, well, come up there tomorrow. I said, well, okay. And I knew him. All I knew him as was Jeff. Fred Love. <laughs> I knew him as From Jeff. From he, he, he would come down buy a six-pack every so often, you know. So I thought, okay, well, I'll, I'll come up there. So I go back in the gas station to get something to drink because I was a little aired out from running that colt down the freeway and <laughs> my sister says uh, what did Jeff want and I said he wants me to ride some colts she says well you know who he is don't you and I said yeah he's Jeff he comes in here and buys a six pack every couple of days and she says well his name's Jeff Lee he's a, he's a big time Arabian trainer and I was like what have I done I said I don't want to ride a bunch of Arabians and she says I bet he pays good I thought well I guess I got that, a lot going on right now. I guess I don't know if I can fit in. Pays good, sound <laughs> sounded good. So I went up there and uh, rode some colts, and, and then Jeff asked me if I wanted to work full time as a colt rider, and I was like, "Well, yeah, I guess. I mean, sure." So I started my career as a colt rider at Jeff Lee and Company Training Stables at four hundred dollars a month, and I thought. Never well, another not broke day. Very much money, but it's more than you know. It's guaranteed. So what the hell? I'm in. You know. Now did you take a pay cut from the uh, gas station, or you? Well, I wasn't really getting paid at the gas station. Oh, so I still so pump yeah. gas. I still pump gas so I could sleep on the couch a little longer. And, and uh, then uh, Kelly's husband, she, he got kind of tired of me sleeping on the couch all the time, so I slept on <laughs> Jeff's couch. <laughs> Kept collecting them suitcases, though. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm a couch surfing son of a gun. <laughs> no rant. It was awesome. Well, that's low overhead. It's a secret, secret to uh, the assistant horse trainer gig. Keep your overhead low. Keep your overhead yeah. low. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I went to working for Jeff, and uh, I was now, there quite a while. Well, now, on the Arabians, what, uh, what disciplines are you doing on the Arabians? He did everything. I mean... So similar to the quarter horse deal, I mean they've got a yep. whole array of classes. Yeah, he did. Train them to do it all. He did the high trotting horses and the western horses and the hunt seat horses, halter horses, and the, he did a couple of rainers and yeah, we did did them all. Because the Arabian deal, I mean, like I say, I'm pretty familiar with the app deal and that, like in the seventies and eighties, those deals were huge. Ooh, huge, like, huge. They've kind of taking backseat to the quarter horse in the performance yep. horse world now but man yep. in the day those oh, were they were they were selling them arabians at scottsdale for millions yeah it was crazy yeah was there yeah that at was, that time jimmy yeah yeah wow my the very first horse show i ever went to was the scottsdale arabian show and it i was like holy hell what is going Macarole. on roll yeah yeah there were movie stars and auctions where they were selling horses for a million bucks and it, it was crazy yeah. and he, but he mostly trained and sold yeah he uh he trained a lot of horses um i mean it was a it was a 40 plus stall horse training facility did he so, raise them nope nope oh wow no he just trained them i mean but like i said he trained everything and we had halter horses and all that stuff well, he yeah. trained them. He trained them for outside people. Yep. yep. Uh, and yep. he rode quite a bit too. Oh yeah, he he was a good hand. He, uh, I mean his his rainers were pretty pretty competitive, and his Western Pleasure horses were really good. He was really good at the Western Pleasure. Now, had you been around the show deal at all before that, or just trading? Just trading. I'd never really seen an actual horse show. No I mean, kidding. No. Uh No. No, when uh, so then to get thrust into that uh, high flute and Arabian show, world, oh yeah, that, I can only imagine that'll uh, it, knock a guy back. We were getting ready to go off to that uh, that first one, and and Jeff asked me, he goes, "You ever show clip a horse?" And I said, "Oh, oh yeah, I, I mean I've clipped horses. Yeah, I can do that." <laughs> he said, "Okay, I'm going to give you a list of horses here. I want you to show clip." I'm like, "All right." So there's five six horses on this list, so. I get the clippers out, and I get the first one out of the stall, and I'm looking at him thinking, there ain't nothing on this thing to clip. I mean, <laughs> his wife come in every Monday and clip them all, you know, and I'm thinking, this thing looks pretty good to me. So kind of run the clippers around on his muzzle a little and went, got the next one, and <laughs> he looked pretty good too. So in about a half an hour, I was done. done. So I went out to the arena. I go, what do you want me to do next? He said, you're done with all those horses already? I said, Yes, sir. He says, I can't believe it. I said, well, it, it didn't take long. They was they looked pretty good. He said, well, I'm going to look at this. He come back in the stalls, and he's like, you didn't clip any of these horses. <laughs> and I said, well, your wife had just done a Monday. It didn't take much. He called his wife and had her come down. And I didn't even know a horse had that much hair on it, let alone <laughs> that you could clip off. We were all day clipping these things. And then to get the razor blades out and shave them down to their muzzles and oil them up and i was like this is insane wow i practiced and so how far down were you clipping them oh they 
thorium clear down on their noses and their faces, and they clip their whole head and ears and really? their legs and all. Yeah, they clip them up. How long were them bridle paths? Oh, long, yeah, yeah. You notice none of my horses have a bridle Mine path. Mine either. Yeah. Mine either. That's because I'm a terrible clipper. Yeah. And every time I clip them, if I start they a bridle a path, longer. a little longer, either front little- or back. <laughs> Yeah. And when it goes to the front, when pretty quick, your show horse looks like Russell, and it's a yeah. bad deal. <laughs> they're, like, they're all roached. You know, always make sure you clip front to back because, yeah. I mean, a little longer to the back, not so bad. And when that mm-hmm. forelock leaves, man, whoops. Yeah, you get your hand slapped on that. Mm. They like them Arabians clip, clip back pretty far. Wow. They don't want you messing with that forelock, though. That's, <laughs> that's bad news. Yeah. I know that. How would you know that? Yeah, I might have accidentally... Clipped one off. Front to back, Jim, not back to front. I was a slow learner. <laughs> Clipped the outside of one's ears with a set of 40 blades one time. That that didn't look very good. <laughs> <laughs> it makes them look like neon sign. Yeah, she, she was a gray with big pink ears. <laughs> Looked like Ben's legs. Yeah. I seen him down there at the pool. <laughs> seen him down there at the pool yesterday. I'm on the 20th floor. <laughs> Got really like, what is reflecting up here? <laughs> Look down, hey, it's Ben. Swimming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Oh, Clip, I tell you, I, there ain't nothing. I, I hate clipping. I hate clipping. I do too. Yeah. My wife's gone to where she's not clipping their eyes, though. Like, I clip the muzzles and I clip the eyes. My wife has given up on the eyes. I don't know why. And I was, she walked by me on her two-rein horse the other day, and I measured them. It had five-inch whiskers over its eye. I'm like, darling, what do you think? Maybe we ought to clip this mare's eyes. She's like, well, I kind of quit clipping their eyes. I'm like, well, it's like, it's so she can feel the fence coming. <laughs> like That's an old all. man's eyebrows. <laughs> right. I'm right here. <laughs> I thought she was working on a comb over. <laughs> when my eyebrows start hooking with my bottom eyelash, I'm, I can't take it anymore. So much effort to blink and then untangle. <laughs> They'll fix that down here at the barbershop here. That old, there's, no, know, there's, there's no, man, there's no man down there with Parkinson's. Yeah. Like clean that right up. <laughs> Maybe just holding the, handing the popcorn and let him shake it. <laughs> Hold this, would you? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, goodness. So how, how long did you work for Jeff? Uh, I think I was there four or five years. Oh, no kidding. So yep. you did a heck of a little apprenticeship there. Yep, yep. Um, Learned all the ins and outs of the Arabian business? Yeah, and just, uh, you know, horse breaking a lot of horses. I mean, he had a lot of colts come through there. So, So what was the style with that? Round uh, pin or well, driving yeah, he had or? he had a big, he had a real nice round pin, and uh, when I went there, it he actually he uh, the very first day, he was like, I'm going to show you how I want you to work these colts, and so we went down there, and he he had one in the driving lines, and so he was driving it around the round pin and behind it kind of slapping it with the reins and this thing kicked out and kicked him right in the groin oh him out and I, you I want me to do this <laughs> i looked at him and i said I, I don't really know how to do all that i said can i would you mind if i just did it my way and he goes yeah whatever <laughs> and he limped out of there and so i you're took gonna have all to that. pay me more if you want me to go through that <laughs> i just 
took all that stuff off of it and got on it and galloped around that round pen for a while and uh, went and got the next one. And he didn't even come down there for about a week. And uh, <laughs> he was up there in the ice bath. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and then I just started riding him out in the regular arena. And he was like, whatever you're doing, it works for me. So go on. on. Yeah, yeah. So I just kept doing it that way. I really, be honest with you, didn't really know what the hell I was doing. But I was sticky. Staying alive. Yeah. <laughs> not getting kicked in I the groin. Not getting yeah. kicked in the groin. <laughs> Seems like a terrible idea. Western yeah. Western saddles, though. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I rode and I rode him in the English saddle. Usually, if he had English horses, he wanted you to ride him in the English saddle before he did. Sure. But I'd get him going around sure. in Western saddle and then put the English saddle on him, ride him a time or two. What'd you do when you left there? Did you go keep him training Arabians? Or well, he he actually got really big there for a while, and uh, he hired another guy to come up there named Russ Brown. Russ was there for about a year. Russ did more of the Rainers, and uh, Russ and I got to be friends. And uh, when Jeff and Russ kind of split the sheets there, he uh, Russ asked me if I wanted to go to work for him. So I was like, yeah, I'd rather ride them Rainers. Look looked more, like more fun. And uh, Russ did a few cow horses too, so I was like, Arabians yeah. also? Or? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. yep, all Arabians. Yep. So when was the first time you saw the cow horse, Jim? It was at an Arabian show at Scottsdale. Yeah, Bobby Hart, uh, he was big time cow horse guy in the Arabians. I saw him. It was the first one I saw that really did it good. And uh, he was riding some horses for Sheila Varian. Oh yeah. Yeah. And uh, they were they were pretty cool. And I thought that's that's pretty neat stuff right there. Yeah. But in the Arabians, all they do is the fence work. They don't. Bonus. Oh, yeah, it was awesome. You might, have to ride in, you might have to ride an Arabian, but you ain't got to rain on it. Yeah, it was awesome. I remember BJ had one wow. a few years ago, and he was like, Yeah, no raining. All yeah. I got to do is work cow on it. Yeah. Russell's eyes just lit up. My Russell's going to have him a string of braids. Yep. <laughs> How fun yeah. would that like it be? Was, it was a lot of I fun. I think I could ride, have 58 head training. Right. Yeah. 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 You. You might rethink that too. But. <laughs> <laughs> if you can find fifty-eight of them that'll work a cow, you are <laughs> you are doing something. <laughs> I think they only make about four of those models a year. <laughs> so, at this time, what are you hooked on? Are you just wandering along, paycheck to paycheck, or? You like yeah. the reining yet, or the horse training, or are you thinking uh, are you hooked on horses? Well, I, I I was always hooked on horses, so I mean, I like that. The training, I thought, you know, I saw those guys were making pretty dang good living doing that, so I was like, this is this is a lot of fun. And you ride the I same mean, horse you, for more than thirty, sixty days and swapping yeah. it off. Yeah, and I mean, if you'd ever gone to that Scottsdale Arabian show, I mean. That had to be a, such an eye opener. Well, and it looked like everybody from there the, was a damn millionaire, you know. I mean, from the killer sale to oh yeah, wow. Yeah, it was. I mean, that blew my mind. It was. It was crazy. There was so many horses and so many people and so much money going around that it was like, how can a how can a guy not make money doing this? Mm-hmm. I mean, you'd have to be a dumb sucker. I thought, you know. Yeah. 
Turns out I was. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> Bad timing. <laughs> so how, how long you worked for Russ? I worked for Russ for 10 years, I oh, guess. Oh, geez. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. I think, well, I think maybe between Jeff and Russ, it was it was probably 10 years, yeah. So somewhere in there, the, the, the business took a turn, huh? Yeah, that Arabian market kind of went to hell. And Russ and I had moved down to Oregon about two years after him and Jeff broke their business up. And we were starting to ride a few quarter horses here and there, but still mostly Arabians. And, uh, you know, I still really had never showed a horse till we got to Oregon, you know. And, really? Uh, yeah. And I think I showed a Western Pleasure horse, and I had a little Arabian gilding that I bought from Tom Miller in California that I showed in the rain, and for the very first time I ever showed in the rain and was at the Scottsdale Fraternity. Did a lot of horse trading with Tom and Judd Miller. So I always had one or two of theirs up there that I was riding and showing in the cow horse and showing in the rain and Western Pleasure all show. Usually we showed them in a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know. Did you ever do that Arabian costume class? I never quite pulled that one off, but I schooled a lot of them. Yeah. I had to wear the costume, get some used to it. Dad got my tail when I, I worked for Todd and uh, the DLR there in Temecula. They'd have Arabian show, yeah. one or two a year, and they'd come in there in that costume class. And I'm talking about there's the full robes. And yeah. I mean, there's stuff flowing off of these horses, and yeah. these things are not digging it. Oh, they they <laughs> are drinkers of the wind. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm talking these judges are a foot back in the uh-huh. middle of the arena. Yeah. And these things are going around there, and it's not controlled, yeah. sir. Oh, and it, and it is about going as fast as you can go see Appaloosa deal they got the costume are they all in there at once oh yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. and it is like chariots of fire in here dude i mean it is there's things going everywhere them judges being in there a footback i can't i mean they were taking their lives in their hands because very little control it looks like old saladin is headed for jerusalem i mean they're (laughs) they are all in there and they are going fast yeah i mean they're like fighting in the crusades is what it looks yeah. like out there i mean <laughs> yeah wow like the apps we had uh we had the costume class that now i think they call it the heritage class and they get their indian gear on but it's a walk and a jog and then they got to go through and explain their you know the authenticity of the costume and this and that and they're all dressed up in indian gear and this and, and they got coyote hides it's actually the first open horse i ever showed was it the app world? And I mean, face paint and the headdress and like had more on than just a loincloth, luckily. <laughs> but they, you got coyote skins like around on the back of your saddle. I mean, the horses are painted up and they're jingling and jangling. There's stuff going on. And I'm like, but it's pretty controlled, right? I mean, it's a walk and a jog. Yeah, that is so when I Arabian seen this Arabian, there ain't no walk and jog about it. It no. was... They hit the gate at a lope, and then they get going. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, whew, that's entertaining. That's worth the price of admission right there. Oh, yeah. How were the Arabs to start? I mean, some of them were great. Some of them were wilder than general. Did they generally buck? No, no, not not very many of them buck. I mean, some of them kind of roll around. 
a little bit, but, but not, not most of them just go up their tail and run and yeah. go for a while. They they are drinkers of the wind. Yeah. <laughs> they can they can scoop for. You don't tire them out. So you're ten years with Russ. Yeah. Now you're twenty ninth, thirty ish. Yes, I am. Uh, I am twenty nine. I guess because I think that's when Becky and I got married. Yeah. First marriage. Yes. Wow. First what? and last. First and last. A one timer. Yeah. <whistles> yeah. I think uh, Jordan. Was, uh, Jordan was born when I was still working for. Russ, and then I was on my own when Jesse was born. Yeah. Oh, we darn. Yeah. And that is about what year? Late 90s, so. Late 90s. Yeah. And you've struck on your own? Yep. Yep. Uh, and Russ went? Russ was on, yeah, Russ is still up there training horses in uh, Oregon, and he, he only lives maybe. Oh, uh, still 10, the Arabs? 15 miles. Yep. Oh. Yep. Yeah, he rides a few rainers too at the. Because you went on your own because you wanted to get into the other breeds or just wanted to be on your own or. Well, I was yeah. I mean, I was uh, Becky and I had a house payment and a got married a truck payment and a kid and uh, yeah, we needed to make a little more money than we were making. You already had some clients. Uh, yeah, her folks. Those are the best kind. Yeah. The best. Yeah. They're, they're invested. Yeah. They're vested. Yeah. It really would. I mean, I was nervous about going out on my own. I don't know why. But Becky was kind of like, hey, you make like $1,200 a month. <laughs> that kind of translates to about three head of horses. And if you can't get three head of horses in training, maybe you ought to think about doing something else. <laughs> Cut firewood or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, when she put it that way, you know, she's a mathematical genius. Yeah. Uh, I thought, well, we'll, we'll take a shot. We'll take a shot. So how'd you meet Becky? Well, she, uh, she had some, uh, some horses of her folks, and uh, she brought them to Russ to get trained. And, uh, so you, you swiped know. one of his clients right I off the I swiped bat. one of his clients oh, right off yeah. the bat. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Took her out to the rodeo and... Uh, Snuck her in the rodeo because I couldn't afford tickets. And, uh, <laughs> and I couldn't afford tickets and drinks, and I thought that drinks were what was going to really seal the deal. So <laughs> we're sneaking into the rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, she's an easy pleaser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cheap date. Yeah. Looks and charm. Who needs money? That's I right. Know. That's right. Got his presentation. Yeah. So you guys move on your own and buy a house right off, or? Well, she had a house, and uh, well, so you're really just couch surfing again. Oh, back to <laughs> never lost his old touch. <laughs> <laughs> Did he have to pump gas? Nope. <laughs> I told you I'm a pro. Did she have a training place? No. Or no. She, get she honestly deal? couldn't put a halter on a horse when she first started coming around. She'd kind of inherited these horses wow. from her folks. And then we kind we taught her to ride there at Russ's and, and uh, she no liked bad habits. It. Yeah. No, no bad, bad habits. habits. Hey, she, I'll tell you what, she rides good. And you were the best she'd ever been around. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So you start training there at her house, or did you rent? No, I rented a I rented a place from Russ Brown's ex wife, mm. and uh, trained horses out of her place for a while. And so, what just general riding, or yeah. you got some show horses, or what? Well, I had one show horse that belonged to Becky's folks, and then I had some uh, customers that were team panners, and uh, I going to team pennings with them and helping them sort that out and uh i had a buddy of mine dean Speeshart. he he was a rope horse trainer up there and there were certain bloodlines that he did not want to ride and so he would send them to me and kept me you know fairly busy there for the first few months and then one of dean's customers she sent me a lot of business she she was a really good really good customer that way i mean all her friends ended up sending horses to me and i was riding anything i mean Mm -hmm. broke some jumping horses did you ever get a rodeo any jim uh i never did i mean we when we were kids we grew up down the road from harry vold so i mean we got on some bucking horses and we got on some bulls and that kind of stuff my dad was still involved in that kind of stuff you Mm -hmm. know but uh yeah i wasn't very good at it so Mm. no roping or nothing yeah, we, we didn't uh, have any cattle. We just had killer horses, so we didn't really rope them. We just chased them in out of the pastures. and So, no, I never really learned to rope till I was out on my own. Mm. Yeah. So how did you make the transition into the full-time cow horse gig? Well, I I actually went to the Snaffle Bit Fraternity with a friend of mine. Um, in We went down to Reno, and that I can't remember what year that was, but... I want to say John Rozier won it. We went and watched the oh, finals. Odo Master. I think so, yeah. Oh. Yeah. The, the, the history buff. The little dragon that could do it. Yeah. So Have we, his little head up and run and yeah. drag his butt. And, like, and get around. Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. And it was fast and furious. And oh. I was like, this That is, would be the one that if you. That's, that's cool. Right. <laughs> if you just walk in off the yeah. street and see Odo Master going down the yeah. finch, you'd say, whoa. Yeah. And, I, you know, we were there for the whole finals, and I was like, these things rain and cut and go down the fence and you get to do all of them so that, like that would have been in 1990 i guess it was yeah, yeah. that's probably the first time i saw it and then it was probably another nine year nine or ten years before i ever got to do it but mm. i thought that was the coolest thing i'd ever seen. odo master would have been by master remedy and out of sizzling odo yeah he was 1987 sorrel quarter horse stallion yeah it was awesome and i think a, a girl I can almost remember her name. Worked at the, she was a vet tech, maybe for John Nigliori owned that horse. He went one of thirty, I think. It that, was, that awesome. was neat. It was awesome. So yeah, I mean, so I you go like, home one day. I'm gonna do that. One day I'm gonna do that. <laughs> you go home and everybody gets it. No, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it was a while before I got to really have try. a decent one to try it out with. Mm-hmm. But. But, yeah, I mean, I'd go to the team pen, and then I'd turn them back on the fence and shit. Like, hey, it was fun. But, Watch this. Yeah, it was, it was cool. I mean, I, I, the first time I saw that, I'm like, that's what, that's what I'm going to do. But, yeah, it took a while to get the livestock to do it. So what was the first year you showed it now a bit then? 2003 or four, maybe? Really? Yeah. Three, I guess. Yeah. 
A shocker. Joke. So Joke. you're how old? You well, What year were you born? 68. 68, so you're... 52. 52 now, so you're about... Jeez. Well into his 30s, 30, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. 38, <laughs> almost 40. You're almost 40. Late 30s by the time you Late do it 30s. the first time? Yep. So that shocks me. You seemed like a fixture when I got here. I uh, know, me too. I didn't know he wasn't. He's so much older than me, though. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so much. So much. So early on, where did you come up with your training? And then when you step to the cow horse, how do you start learning that? Well, like I'd done the cow horse in the Arabians. Judd Miller helped me a lot. Mm. He's there in Red Bluff, California. And we used to buy some horses from him, you know. And, I mean, Judd's a cowboy. I mean, he's he's all cowboy. And he trained a lot of cutting horses there and, and uh, showed some fence horses. And so him and his dad had really helped me out. Benny Gatron's older brother, Felix, mm-hmm. he used to show some Arabians for the uh, Dana Mandela's folks. And so he'd help me out at the horse shows with the reining and, and uh, the fence work. And Don Almer from was from California at that time. I think he just passed away here recently, but he was in Texas here when he passed away. But he'd always give me advice and tell me something I could try different, maybe make it better, you know. Mm-hmm. Felix helped a lot, though. I mean, oh. me and Felix were kind of buddies, and he'd, he'd coach me and sneak me off and tell me stuff I could do might help me beat my boss <laughs> he liked that kind of stuff <laughs> he liked jacking with my boss <laughs> yeah because you weren't just uh you weren't just going on the internet and uh no pulling up some training videos no. on yeah. rain cow horse training online or whatever and see what no randy paul and doug williamson are got going on this yeah, week. no kidding no. i mean the first thing i even remember even remotely like that was uh the heroes and friends thing of bob avalis oh. and you know, right. By then, I was a horse trainer by the time that stuff come out, you know. I remember Bob's magazine. Yeah, Ride with Bob. Ride with Bob. I remember looking in there, and just, I don't know, there was a description of the classes or whatever. And coming through the app deal, you know, everybody rode in split reins. Very seldom did you see it. Rommel reins were for horsemanship and yeah. western riding. And I'm like, hey, Mom, this deal here says you can only ride in the split reins for a year. She's like, what are you talking about? She says, it says right here, the two-rain. You, <laughs> you can go down the fence for one year in the two-rain. I'm like, yeah. For, yeah. So when I got to Todd's, I'm like, he's like, I got one of the two-rain. I'm like, I ain't seen no split-rain bridle for you. <laughs> and here he come with this Bozolita with, I'm like, that's a lot of gear on that's there. a lot of gear. I didn't know what the heck was going on. I'm not that good at counting, but that looks like five rings. <laughs> <laughs> I like riding around at the Rainins like that. And they're like, why do you have reins on your cabison? <laughs> it's called a tie down. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen Wade Metter tie that Makati rein down between their front legs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Got away with that in an Arabian pleasure hackamore class. <laughs> <laughs> if they accidentally step Got over third. it. <laughs> <laughs> it's legal if it was an accident. <laughs> so in the 2000s, before you come to Snaffle Bit. Yep. Well, that, it's kind of blows so me away. I, I know. So because you, be, by the time I came, you were pretty staple and known for good fence runs, really good fence runs. 
So how had, did you I had get one there? Real good horse. It's like a motif around this table. Yeah, <laughs> seems to be a constant. Yeah. Which horse was that? Uh, Tangy's classy boots. Yeah, that was that's my first good snaffle better. And I mean, she was a good. Well, that yeah. must be it, because that I mean, and so like you say, I guess uh, that's the first horse I remember seeing you on. Yeah. And it was like it was one of the first years I was there. Yeah. And so I was just like. This guy's got it going on. Yeah. Well, she did. Little did and I know that that was the first one. Yeah. And always has had. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, this is just one of them guys. Yeah. It's going to whip your butt. That mare was a freak. Yeah. She was a supercharged roller skate is what that was. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe made from the Acme, Acme company. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> All she needed was her Wiley Coyote. <laughs> Send him in. Yeah. 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 She was a freak. I mean, I'd had, I'd had a couple nice bridle horses prior to that that I'd showed around the local stuff up home and stuff that were good or darn sure good horses but yeah as far as the first real big time go go to the big show kind of horse that was her yeah wow yeah I just figured it was one of many nope no. Uh, I can't believe you didn't know this I mean Mr. History Buff over here I'm not been around you've been cattle I just crewing. lived it <laughs> so I'm really paying attention to it. <laughs> I just figured he stayed in the north more. <laughs> One of them white walkers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when did you have her? That was 06. 06. Yeah. Oh, well, I've been there a while. I should have known. <laughs> yeah, I bought her at the two-year-old sale in Reno for $7,000. Oh, nice purchase. And I was... One point away from winning the whole uh, incentive fund deal. Oh. Sale incentive. A smart cracking chick. Oh, me. that stinking smart cracking chick. Todd Crawford. Damn. Jeez. <laughs> you know, only the $2 million riding man. Yep. Barely beat you. And That's knocking cool. on a million in the raining. Yeah. I was second in the prelims honor. And I remember going up to look at the look at the board. They had that board up there yeah, by the office. Right, right. That was cool. I, that was cool. The board. Yep. And I was looking to see the day money, you know, because I think I was second in the fence work. So I was in the open, intermediate, and the limited. I mean, that paid pretty good right there. Yeah. And uh, I remember sitting there looking at all that, and Todd Crawford was standing right next to me, and he's going down the list, and he goes. Who in the hell is Jim Spence? <laughs> and I looked over and I go, that'd be me. And he looks at me and goes, oh, good job. And he walked off. <laughs> that was the first time I met him. <laughs> no kidding. Yep. Wow. I am not. I really didn't know. Uh, yeah, I really, when he, when he came on with that, came around with I'd that already horse. left Todd's by then. I was at Carol's wow. by then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that, uh, that was the nice thing about the go-round checks then. They used Wells Fargo, and you could, if you won, if you got you in there and all that go-round money, you just slip around the corner down there to that bank, cash them go-round checks, have you a little <laughs> walking-around money up there in Reno, Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they since changed that to a local bank over there in Texas to where you can't just walk in and cash. Uh, yeah, at least wait till the horse show's over before they give you them go-round checks now. So. <laughs> Huh? Not a, it was kind of like there was a run on the bank up there, man. If there were, you know, they just cringe and they'd see these young guys winning go around. Like, oh, somebody needs to shore up that bank account because they're fixing to go to clearing money out of there. Uh, yeah, I thought 
when you came with her, that you were so good with that mare. I just figured it was one in a string of them. No, you've that, been doing it forever. That mare was good with me, is what that was. Wow. <laughs> that mare was that. That was she was a great horse. How uh, great how horse. much did that change things for you? Well, it put me directly to the open only, and so yeah, that changed pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had a couple of good snap bitters next year, but, yeah. but I was open only, so I didn't, I didn't make the finals. That's like kiss of death. I'll tell you what, that's the hardest thing about that early success. I mean, I had yep. the same thing. I mean, that first year I went with Carol and made the open finals, and I mean, I had three horses I won checks on, open only. Yep. Thanks for coming. Yep. Next three years, yep. outside looking in. Yeah, yep. That's yep. tough. Man. It was tough. Yep. Well, yeah. Yeah, especially, especially like in your situation where you're working at Carol's, overloaded with horse flesh. Win yourself out of the intermediate, then go out on your own, underloaded with horse right. fresh, that, and you're in the open only. Yeah. yeah. Thankfully, I only had one year of that before. I mean, my time had my time lapsed. I had one year out, out of Carol's before I was back in intermediate. So oh, that yeah. was... That was convenient. Oh, right. I didn't have to that sit out good. three full years trying to make a business out of it. So yeah. that was that was handy. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so how did you deal with that? Oh, man, you just keep grinding away. I mean, you know, keep showing up. And, like, a lot of local shows? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I was, I was at the next snap a bit with two. I had a full sister to Tangy's classy boots at the next one. And, I, I mean, I honestly think she was a better horse. I mean, she she was way easier to train. Didn't have the luck, you know. But I won a lot of stuff on her. I mean, I showed her at the lot of the Idaho and Oregon, Washington shows. And, you know, we did good. Sold her. I sold her. Well, I actually sold her twice because I bought her at Hermiston. <laughs> On my way to Idaho right after <laughs> Reno, <laughs> I bought her at the Hermiston Sale. And when I got home from uh, the Idaho snaffle bit, I sold her to a customer that couldn't live without her. And then uh, after Reno, when we didn't make the open finals, he decided he could live without her. So I sold her again. And, uh, and you I couldn't. Think, yeah. I'm, no, you couldn't live without her. Allison Trimble. Uh, bought her, and I think still has her. Maybe raising some babies out. Oh no, kid! Yeah. Oh, yeah. be dang! Yeah. So a lot of non-pros in that time too, Jim. Or yeah, I, I've always had quite a few non-pros. Probably more now than ever. But um, yeah, lots of non-pros. It's the non-pro business up there in Northwest. Good. A quick break for a word from our sponsor, Reno Snaffle Bit Fraternity, taking place at the Reno Sparks Livestock Event Center, September 13th through 20th. Hey, it's going to be a phenomenal show, Chris. They've got horse show. They've got, last year they paid out over $404,000 at this event. It is a, it's a huge boost to the industry. It's a place to be with them. Fraternity horses, Lance Johnson went there and made more money Yeah, that made him a superstar for made the year him right there. Maybe the highest earning rider of all time in a single year. In a single year. To my knowledge. I don't know, and I would dare anybody to find stats to prove me wrong. He won yeah. over 300000 last year. Yep. Insane. And Nick Dowers won it for $50,000 to first. So, wow. He didn't, Lance didn't even get first. And oh, still, he didn't. Well, See, there you go. There you go. 
That's a pretty good horse show right there. And if you decide you want to go interrupt this year at the Reno Snaffle Bit Fraternity, you can go online at renosnafflebitfraternity.com and check out your entry forms and the time and place. And you know what else? You can check out some big eds while you're there. Oh, love me some big eds. I do eds. miss me some big eds. I miss going to Reno and getting them big eds prime rib. Oh, man. I love their meatloaf. I was a fan of their meatloaf sandwiches. That's what they do with the prime rib three, four, five <laughs> days later and grind it up and make that meatloaf. I'll take it on the it's first day. Aged. It's aged. The second day, you get the prime rib sandwich. <laughs> Good's good. <laughs> Now, where are you guys showing? Do you guys have uh, NRCHA affiliate up there, yep. and you guys are showing weekend kind of shows? Yep. How often y'all have them? Once a month, something like that? Uh, we have, what, five of them through the summer? Yeah. Fall, fall and, or spring and summer. And, and go to all the, a lot of the Idaho shows. And, yeah. yeah. Are, were you pretty uh, active in the boards and stuff? Or Oh, yeah. No, I, I yeah. was president of the board there in the Northwest for, what, four or five six years and then uh i've been on the board up there for a long time mm. and you were on judges committee for nrcha for a long time too aren't you um yeah todd crawford asked me to be on judges committee yeah i've done that i don't know how active i've really been in it but yeah i'm on there oh you're on there still i'm, I'm not on there right now but i, I was yeah sure. how'd you get started in first of all being part of the putting the shows on and then what have you learned from that well, I mean, I got got started in it probably the same way as everybody else. I mean, I, I was on the Oregon Quarter Horse Board, was the first horse show board I was on. And, I mean, I think just like everybody else, I got tricked into it. Uh-huh. <laughs> somebody. Todd, Todd somebody. Crawford roped you into yeah. stuff. I know that. Yeah. I mean, Somebody put your name in the nomination. Yeah, they, they tricked me, told me it'd be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. And, no, uh, you, don't, you don't have to do much. Yeah. And then it's they, like, you deal. know, give you all the bottom feeder jobs right off the get-go you got to back gate yeah <laughs> fire people and stuff like oh. that you know but then uh yeah the cow horse board i mean the northwest cow horse association isn't a real big group but it's pretty involved and everybody's working hard to make sure our shows go and our, our i mean our region's big and it's spread out so i mean we got shows from we got one clear up by the canadian border and one clear down in central Oregon, you know. I mean, they're all over. So organizing all that can be a trick. What's the drive from central Oregon to the border? Well, like from my house up to the Linden, Washington show is seven and a half hours. Oh, geez, yeah. 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 So what do you think is, what are some of the biggest parts of making a club successful? Oh, I, I really think that trick is trying to make as many people happy as you can you know providing a place for as many people to show and feel like they did well mm-hmm. you know the the classes we have now for the, we have so many classes for people now that there's a there's a spot for everybody from the rank beginner to to the season killer you know i mm-hmm. mean and i think having good competition but in a in a way that everybody feels competitive, like they mm-hmm. got a shot. Mm-hmm. I think that's the key, you know. That, that makes people want to keep trying, you know. And, of course, it is essential to have the club for the local trainers or you have you nowhere know, yeah. to take your horses and nowhere to take your clients. So in a, in a lot of the big shows, a, a lot of focus is how much you pay out, especially in the big facilities yeah. like this right here. Well, they're expensive. 
they're expensive and you got to pay out but in uh, this is more of a question your thoughts on keeping it affordable at the club level however having a prize that somebody's glad to have or yeah. even a little payout that's glad to have maybe and tell me if it feels the same way that the idea in the club show is to have some place to go with the horse the pay for the industry is the monthly training checks that you get or the lesson checks you get within the within your club well, trainers and, and the horse selling too and the horse selling yep true you know i there mean you go. i mean most of us horse trainers make an okay living riding horses yep. but we make money trading horses mm-hmm. i mean those non-pros are who we're selling them to mm-hmm. you know i mean most of my snaffle bidders i didn't really have to worry about what I was going to do with them. I had a non-pro come along that if I snaffle-bitted and derbied them and I made a nice bridle horse out of them, I had a ready-made customer there. I got people coming in want to do this. And so most of my, I mean, a lot of my snaffle-bitters I still got. Your non-pro, your non-pros, do they have open horses and train with you as well or a lot of them just? Most of them just got a non-pro horse, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there have been a few that had open horses with me too and some of there's been few we shared you know you know the majority of them we get them a non-pro horse for them i'm schooling it for them right you know i I know that gets you know sometimes uh, a guy's business gets leaned one way or the other and it's it shouldn't it doesn't seem like it should be that hard to do both but i know (laughs) like for me it runs i mean it's hard to shift those gears you You know it's not bad at home but then you get to the horse show and you're like, all right, well, I got, I'm going to work these horses at night. I'm going to try and get my show horses ready. And then, oh, shoot, I got three lessons I got to give tonight, too. Yeah, yeah. And you're trying to do that while you're, and you mean, it's about, for me, it's about impossible for me to go out there and work my horses and coach. Like, I kind of try and, all right, I'm going to ride mine from whatever, from 12 to 3. Yep. And then you guys show up at 3. Yep. 2.30, something like that. Well, I'm finishing up. I'll start helping and then hand off my last one and kind yeah. of keep coaching because it's – and it's like it's hard to motivate yourself to do that because you're like, man, now I've got I, – I could go to bed for two hours or not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these bigger shows, I mean, most most of the folks I bring to these bigger shows um, for like the aged event stuff, my non-pros are riding aged event horses. They're pretty – accomplished non-pros by now you know i mean they're not taking a ton of babysitting right you know so i don't mind schooling my horse if they're out right they're schooling too because i don't have to say a lot to them i mean i might go hey you know right you're heading down the wrong trail there try this and they're they're pretty seasoned enough to realize that yeah they're getting off track and they don't take a long detailed explanation like some of my rookier people sure. you know but um yeah if i've got a group of youth kids or rookies or something then yeah i'm probably gonna more likely school them separate from when i'm gonna be schooling my open horse yeah what uh, sure. how much commitment do your non-pros make as far as how much are they riding you're keeping them in training probably full time yeah. they coming out there a couple times a week every couple weeks a little bit of everything what do you got i mean i got a little bit of everything i if they live there close, I like them to come out two, three times a week and ride their horse. Yeah. You know, I I usually do lessons on Thursday, Friday, Saturday in the afternoons and uh, Saturday mornings. Yeah, if if they're 
if they live close enough, then yeah, I like them to try to come out two, three times a week. And then I got other ones that live out of state, so I mean, I might not see them, but two, three days a month. But and they'll just come in, spend two or three days. Yeah, yeah. That gets for me. That's gotten real. That's a real tricky deal because, like, I'll end up busting my hump on these things, having these horses feeling like I like them, and then they roll in there and they're having troubles getting, you know, just having that relationship with the horse. And then I'm irritated because they're not doing very good. They're irritated because it's not going very good. The horse is irritated because this guy on them ain't doing the same stuff that's been happening to it every day. Then they leave, and then it's like a rebuild process till next month. And so I've kind of gotten to where if you want to be a non-pro with me, like most of my non-pros keep their horses at home. For the most part, and like come in for lessons a couple times a week or whatever, because I'm like, listen, you guys, for me, you need to be riding them, and this is just in my deal because otherwise, it doesn't do me any good to have these things super tuned because it doesn't do. I mean, everybody just ends up angry. I, I kind of try to take the philosophy of uh, if it's a non-pro horse, I'm I don't necessarily tune them where I like them. Right, I I tune them where I think they can handle them. No. you know. You know what, Jimmy, though, in doing the podcast stuff, a lot of the older guys that we've had, you can see how much, how important, how much of the meat of the business was non-pro. Yeah. And also, let's say with Ryan Richards, a ton of kids, well, even that, more so. That was something I was listening to Ronnie Richards' podcast and him talking about all the, the metal kids, you know. Well, yep. When that American Horse Shows thing kind of went kaput, the metal finals moved to the Arabian Shows, and we had it ton of metal kids really oh yeah Yeah, we used to cut we used to train and coach a bunch of metal kids when i worked for russ brown we had there was one summer we had 12 of them i think well so back then the great trainers were really known as great trainers because their ability to get other people to win on the horses win the open really wasn't that big a deal nobody really cared they wanted you to have the well now it's changing a lot Darn about sure when is. i come along probably when you start showing up there people were trying to win the open and had a lot of known pros yeah. i mean a lot yeah even uh, everybody pretty much and now it's getting to where you have a lot of open trainers with a lot of open horses and a lot of help and they normally do not have very many known pros yep for sure uh, it's mostly it the it, heaviest it's i mean i really do think it's it's two different skill sets but f- that's what i was getting at yeah. it's two entirely different skill sets yeah. and it takes such an i think it's harder to do the non-pro because you're trying to figure out what the horse needs what the horse needs with the cow then what the rider needs to do with the horse and then why he's they're not doing it and how to communicate that to them in a way that in a way that the horse and rider can understand well i i think in our in our game for sure it's what i see in the non-pros is a a lot of our non-pros really have no livestock experience period like right. they, they've never, yes. they've it's never not like made a cow move across the pasture ever in their yeah. life, you know. So, yeah, so for it's them, not some it's, cowboy that already knows how to ride, and you're just right. doing a little bit of stuff. And so, you know, even just having them get the cows out of the pen so that you can work one can sometimes right. be a hilarious disaster, <laughs> right? You know, and uh, and so I think 
I think that's a that is darn sure one of the tricks in the non-pro game right now is teaching these people how to read a cow, how to make a cow move, how to make it do what you need it to do, and make your horse do that too. Right. <laughs> you no, know? I mean, well, that's... and now it seems like with all the derbies that we have, and all the bridal, and all yeah. the fraternity, the open barn is a barn that's more full of open show horses yeah. where we and when i was younger you that you kept the barn full with a lot of open and non-pro and now it's getting to where you know you hang on them derby horses for up they're not close to done after the fraternity anymore right yeah used was after the fraternity there's really not a lot of money stuff it's a hackamore two ring and the bridal so yeah. a lot you're mostly sold those to a non-pro yeah kept helping them got you another batch of turdy horses so it's really changing and the skill set the getting your mind right to help non-pros versus work on open horses is just oh for sure and it's such dang. an important deal it's such an important part of the business you know yeah. what i mean like a lot of times people hear us talk about this like that and they're like oh well they're just sloughing off the non-pros and i mean and i absolutely don't think that at all i mean no I think it's a it, integral I mean, part of our deal. Oh no, yeah. yeah. I mean the non the non pros really do drive the business because they're who is buying your ex open horse. Right. I mean, with without them, you're you're not. What's the point? No, that's it. Yeah. Which is good because those are two separate skill sets, and I feel like it's going to make people that are good with the non pro skill set. It will elevate. Oh, It'll elevate sure. them. Yeah. Yeah, People I mean, need to, if they're green, they need to go there. They don't yeah. need to go to the big-time open barn because no. they're not going to get as much. I mean, I don't know, like, oh, my buddy Casey Deary in the rain, and, you know, I mean, his deal was primarily non-pros. Mm-hmm. And then it just gradually eased over and he's and he loves people and he's a great communicator. Yep. So he's got a ton of really good non-pros and he's an exceptional open rider open, as well. Yeah. Yep. And so, but like I say, it's just that mentality, you know, you'll listen to like Andrea's podcast, you know, and his mentality is just not that of for the non-pro deal. Right. right. I mean, this guy is, and a lot of the open trainers, I think, are so intense and so like kind of internally driven. And, you know, there's just a lot of them that aren't the most, you know, outgoing and easy communicators. You know, and so it, well, I, I say they just. I'm an easy communicator, but I, I'm not afraid to tell you what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's what always struck me. I think that's what always made me really like you, Jim. Is that there was no BS with you. You know what I mean? Like you could just sit and visit with you. You're going to get a straight shot. Nothing overly reactive. You know, any if you ask you a question, it's very thought out and. You know, you weren't just talking to hear yourself talk. It was like, if you want your opinion, you're brave enough to ask you for your opinion. <laughs> yeah, I'll give it to you. Yep. And like I say, and it was, I don't know. I, I just remember, I mean, in the first times I was ever around you, I mean, it just really struck a chord with me. <laughs> well, he's got a little bit of what his family, that accountant side, he has that in intellect and, right mixed in with the redneck of his dad <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you see that in this industry a lot yeah you know you see it because it takes so much thought it does yeah i mean even though it's so it's not the rain and it's not the air world where they're the millions of dollars but it's three events and it takes it's a thinking sport 
It is a thinking sport. Start your thinking sport. And I know we all try to muscle it at some point, and that it does not it don't work. work. That yeah. won't work. Smear the steer has never worked once. Mm-mm. Well, every now and again. Yeah, what, man? 50% of the time it works every time. <laughs> <laughs> All that does is set you up for a whole yeah. lot of failure. You're <laughs> the time yeah. it works. <laughs> well, you see it, though. You know, you see the young guys come in, and they don't know a lot, and I'm talking to myself here, and go have a few big runs. And it's like, hey, that was cool. Yeah. I got this figured out. And then you learn some more about it. And you're like, man, this is hard. Yeah. And now I'm not I, like, what happened to them 74s and 75s I was marking? What happened to those? Well, they those were away. awesome. Those those were awesome. Yeah, yeah. We went ahead and skipped that uh, preliminary training part and just started focusing on the 74s. Right. And yeah. they all go away <laughs> real quick. Mm, man. No yeah, kidding. You mark a couple 74s, all of a sudden you think somebody wants to hear what you have to say at a professionals meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was talking to a kid yesterday. We had a pro meeting last night, and uh, I, oh, it was, I think it was Andrew. He's like, oh, I'm not, not, mate, I, ain't, I don't belong in there. I'm like, hey, you need to go. Well, I says, because, and you're going to go, and you're probably going to want to raise your hand, but don't. <laughs> <laughs> that was an ambush anyway. They a, just wanted us there to help set up. Right, yeah, that no, was that's a bullshit. <laughs> they tricked me. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't want to hear nothing I had to say. Just hold this end of that panel. Right. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Try not to smash your <laughs> fingers. That was a trick. <laughs> We're going to have a professionals meeting right next to the three arenas. We're going to tear down. <laughs> right. And build them <laughs> and three build different times. Up. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Joe Bumgarner. (laughs) I can't believe the patience he showed last night. Oh, my Lord. He was acting like a non-pro coach out there. He had 60 <laughs> dumbass cow horse trainers out there hey, trying to help him build yeah, a That's, his, that's hey. his bullfighting experience right, right there. I, I saw that in my father, too. <laughs> <laughs> that nice flat pipe that you have on the ground, that's the top of the panel. Yeah. <laughs> the pointed feet go down. down. <laughs> my favorite part was when Trevor Carter tried to get on the uh, forklift. <laughs> Hey, I'm pretty sure pole. South Point doesn't allow that. Get off of there. <laughs> no one in a I'm cowboy certified. hat is allowed yeah. on the forklift. <laughs> Insurance will not allow it. <laughs> that spells 911 mechanic. <laughs> oh, I went in Winniewood. There's some guy opened. There's an old ward out building. He reopened it as a mechanic shop. And it says... The title is Cowboy Mechanic. I thought that's the <laughs> dumbest thing I've ever heard. They call that, that an, is, they call that an oxymoron. That is an oxymoron. Yeah. That, that is a terrible name. Yeah, oh, terrible. <laughs> Just keep it at home and ruin it. Yeah. <laughs> I can break it myself. <laughs> oh, we got lost. Oh, hey, so Jim spent a little bit of a while ago. No idea. On the, I have no idea. <laughs> What the social structure of Thailand is. <laughs> so let's just skip that question. I know what it is, but so long, I can't repeat it. <laughs> Luckily, Stefan brought us these lovely refreshments. Oh, my God. He's a good guy. That guy is a good guy. I, keep, keep I knew I kept him around for a reason. Yeah. So on the club and making it work, there's a lot of people <laughs> out there with clubs out, and they wonder, you know, how do you get one started? How do you keep going? A few of the high points is, one, that we got to already, 
somewhere that everyone can compete and feel competitive. They don't want to go get beat every weekend. They want to get, they want to have a, a, a class with a level that they feel like they can compete at. Yep. And then I feel like, and you tell me if you agree, a 30 day a show every 30 days so that the people don't fade away at least 30 days. No, they don't fade away from you. Yeah. So yeah. they don't take the horse home. So they don't lose interest. So they don't go somewhere else. Yep. Yeah. I mean, our season up there, I mean, we start in March. Yeah. You, it's a little bit of a struggle in it the is. north because yep. you don't have the yep. long season, huh? Yep. So, so we, do we you double show more, show more? We we do two shows a weekend at most yeah, of our shows. I yeah. see. Yeah. Good way. Yeah. And I, I mean, people seem to like it that way. You know, they, I mean, mm-hmm. especially the boxers, you know, they're all, they all like to show. So the fact that they get show four times in a weekend, they like that. And because you have all, especially the more remote you get with your shows, the more driving that you're putting into that event, yeah. the more times you get to show, the more yeah. value. Yeah. It, you bet they're happier. When yeah. they get to and then that. it keeps you caught up on the year end. Not only you're in within the show, but if you're getting your eligibility for the AQHA or the mostly the NRCHA, yep, you know, the, we keep for the world and show. for the north and for the regional deals and the regionals. You know? Yeah, yep. yeah. I mean, get you the points and the money. And right, not yeah. to interrupt, but this is something you don't see every day. Taylor Peters showing horse in here. I guess it's limited Hackamore. It's by Art going to be a big star, and out of done it right on. Those are not two bloodlines you see at the Cowher <laughs> Show very often. Not very often. I'll be darned. And he's raining, and it looks really good. What draw is it? Draw eight, Russell. That's why oh, I was kind of keeping an eye forever. on this for you. Where are you at, buddy? We're, we're 29. Oh, you got I got hours. For, well, I got to get her trained. <laughs> <laughs> Stalled at the gate, buddy. <laughs> Plenty of time. I had, hey, I had a guy ask me the other Come day. On, Colt. Yesterday for the rain work, this guy, he's having, I mean... Having a little heck running and stopping this thing, and he's like, "Hey, what draw are they on?" And I tell him he's like, "Oh, cool. I'm six in the next set. I got time to fix him." Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my favorite thing about the high school rodeo kids. You know, I'm helping a few of them. They come to our shows. You know, and I'm like, "You guys get warmed up?" And they're like, "Well, our class just started." I'm like, "Well, what draw are you?" Second. I mean, <laughs> okay. Well, you better get warmed up. <laughs> Team rope and they're used to stand in line. Well, I'll jog him to the box. He'll be playing warmed up. Right? You know what I mean? <laughs> not they even that. Oh, yeah. Spence, not even that. They they're standing me. there in line and walk in the box. Yeah. <laughs> and there was no way to warm up for the last 30 minutes. They don't get nervous. Uh-uh. They just walk in there and... <laughs> ready to rock. That's how, that's how my raining goes. <laughs> <laughs> I love them kids. They're... The ones, the ones I've been helping, they're funner now. They're fun, huh? They like to, they like to go fast. Yes, yeah. That's not scary. No. Yeah, high school rodeo, they take horses out fast and jump off onto yeah. the cow, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then try to throw it down. Yeah, <laughs> they weigh I nothing. Tell you, them kids are so much fun to help. Like my youth kid, come out here and shoot. I'm like, hey, we'll just let's have three nice runs, and she, we did. We had not three nice runs. She ends up. She, won. she was yeah she won it she's the first horse out she was a late entry so yeah. she's negative one to go yeah. and i'm like listen 
just use your head. She showed in Fort Worth. She kind of got wrapped up in her first three-year-old or whatever. And I'm like, listen, just get a good work on this cow. If you got a loop, an extra time, it doesn't matter. Like, just get a good work on your horse. Boom. She went out there, used her head so good. Mark 213. And it held up through and the whole deal. Won. And she was the winner. Like, yeah. all divisions. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, hey, big day. Like, so, But those kids are just so, so, they just absorb. And, like, you tell them one thing one time. And they're like, yep, got it. Sponges. And this yeah. girl, um, her herd's in the pen. Oh, this and is a Chris bridal deal. Is wondering where is she? And he's looking, and she's not in the pen, and he's calling to me. Finally, he calls her. And he's like, "Where are you? Getting a drink?" And he says, "You know, your cattle are in the pen." Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there in a bit. I'll be there in a bit. Here, cook you a drink. Yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. I put, I put my list away. <laughs> Guess we'll be cutting for shape. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So I did know her a few cows. She got done. She did good. And I says, the next time you're not here, when your cows are in the pen, there will not be a cow known. Just so we're all on the same page. <laughs> so during the fraternity, I made her sit. I made her write down. I says, you hold this paper. The best was she, wouldn't, she didn't have a pen. She didn't have a, a pen. Yeah. She's like, I'll write them down on my phone. I'm like, no, 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 no. We're going to write them down on paper. That way I'm not wondering if you're on Insta twit or whatever <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you write them down and that was a comical that was our first experience in this. and it was comical because i'm talking about cows and like she's like where was the poop on that cow that you said three cows ago and i was like i don't know that's why i said it then and that's why you have the paper <laughs> there's a shelf life on these descriptions right <laughs> you don't just go back yeah. <laughs> Especially the poop on him description. Yeah. Since that can change. Yeah. Yeah. And now there's more. There was yeah. one. Or less. Or less. There's that black cow that had that piece of straw between his ears straw, right there. I know. Yeah. Should we call that straw on the shoulders? It's I'm not right. sure if that's going to hold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> straw back there. We had one that Where's had straw a, back. I can't find straw back. <laughs> we had one we called Huck Finn because it had a piece of hay hanging out of its mouth. I'm like, no way that hay hangs. Mm. Stayed the whole herd. Oh. Not, not at this show. It was a different horse show. But Came in for the fence work. Still had it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> looked, looked like Todd Crawford and his toothpick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Well, that kid is not your average kid. No, I call her anomaly. It's <laughs> like anomaly. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. You got it? Yeah. Hey, it's rubbing off. The linguistics is rubbing off on you. <laughs> Your speech therapist. You're starting to, yeah, my speech therapist. <laughs> I'm starting to pick up on some of my jokes. <laughs> Just think, three months ago, that went right over your head. <laughs> he uses a lot of mouth context. <laughs> wow wow he just got his thesaurus <laughs> i pack it in my pocket yeah. careful russell you're gonna sprain your tongue <laughs> oh, so back to the clubs <laughs> see this is this, that was a, that was an add that was an add moment <laughs> nowadays how much are you on the road to the open shows how much the clubs uh, well, I go to all our club shows, and I go to all our uh, Idaho shows that I can make, and uh, I try to hit all the majors. Were you part of um, when Idaho implemented the one-entry fee? Well, actually, uh, we the first time that was done was at the Powell Butte Show in Oregon. That was actually Dave Deal and me came up with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. this, is where the, this is where the cutters might need to take a little lesson here. They're... 
playing with their levels right now. Uh-huh. And this, uh, we've been through a lot of the leveling stuff, and this has worked the best. Oh, well, by bar far. none. Bar by none. Far. I tell you what, president of the Northwest Rain Cow Horse Association at the time was a guy named Dave Deal. He's a non pro guy. Dave and I kind of come up with that. What if we did one entry fee? We fooled with the numbers, fooled with the numbers. And what we did at Brasada that year uh, for our fraternity was we decided we were going to take what it normally cost for the intermediate guy in entry fees. We were going to make that the entry fee. And then everybody was entered in the open. So the limited guy got a little break. The open guy had to pay a little more. But intermediate guys stayed about the same. Intermediate guys stayed the same. And the open guy got way more guys. And the open guy got way more guys in his class. Yep. And the so, uh, limited guy got a little discount. Right. But so, was entered in the open. But for the people that don't that weren't around the whole time, Jim, explain a little bit about the the reason that you came up with it and the struggles that we were dealing with. With we created the divisions, we had yep. the open, then the, then the limited, and then we put the intermediate in there. Yep. So, but it the, cost another five hundred to get intermediate, and another five hundred to get in the limited. Yep. Yep. So and the, the uh, at a lot of the weekend shows, you know, the smaller fraternities, the limited guys were allowed to enter just the limited. So oh, terrible. They weren't in the open, so you you know you're open. Wasn't eight guys right. You'd have eight guys in the open fraternity. Have twenty two in the limited. Yep. And so you know we we were trying to encourage those limited guys to be in the open, but by doing the one entry fee, we kind of here you are now. You're in the open. Um, and you know if you hit a lick, I mean I I did it once. You know you you hit a lick, and all of a sudden you you win a lot of damn money as a limited guy. You know. Which the big struggle is for the limited guys showing up at the show. They are, their owners are saying, hey, wait a minute. You know, it's just unpick round numbers. It's 500 for Todd Bergen to enter. It's yeah. seven. It's uh, be 700 for the intermediate. And it's, um, say, $900 for the limited. So now yeah. I'm paying 900 Most of my but you're money only paying is. me. Yeah. My most of my money is going to Todd Bergen, and yeah. you know I love you, but you're in the limit open, and you're really not running for my 500. Yeah. <laughs> and you're probably not really running for my 700. All I'm really sending you for is to go after the 200, yeah. <laughs> because all they had in the limited pot was the 200 that that was paid, which was a great idea. Yeah. And it gave something, but after a while, it was getting to be a little bit too much unlevel. And when you guys came with that, it allowed you to put all that money in a pool and then spread it out better and put more of the open guy's money into the 200 into the pot. Yeah. But at the same time, the open guys didn't lose the 22 limited guys that exactly. didn't want to come no more for the $1,000 entry fee. It, it actually made the open pay better. Everything. And it made that limited open pay like a slot machine. Yep. It kept, and I purposely split it where the intermediate paid the same as it always did. Because it cost the same. Because it cost the same as it always did. So, I mean, the majority of guys being in the intermediate, I was like, well, your entry fee didn't change. Your payout doesn't change. 
you guys aren't bitching you're here anyway right well yeah. and it sounds really simple on this podcast to say yeah oh and, and you're out there listening you're like oh yeah that makes sense be good hey it wasn't that easy it wasn't that easy. that was a, because no one knew it was going to work so you had a lot of complaints from that, a lot of sides. i remember when you suggested it at a professional meeting and suggested it and told them how the numbers were going to work right yeah. and they looked at you like you had 14 heads yeah well so you guys you don't expect Honestly, you don't expect me to come up with a good number scheme, do you? Just looking at me, probably should have came. <laughs> like I say, I always took hey. you as the wise old sage. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. He did. Well, but a lot of people. I didn't, didn't. know no. that you started <laughs> after I did. <laughs> How did he pass you so them, fast? Them first couple of years. <laughs> them first couple of years were fuzzy. How did he pass you so I fast? I don't think I passed. <laughs> One sobriety. So, uh, <laughs> but after you guys did that, and the NRCHA and didn't do NSHA, I loved it. And yeah. what we did from yours is we went and. Rather than, I knew you landed on the intermediate. Yeah. We just went ahead and said, hey, you know what? Intermediate guys are already paying. Limited guys are already paying. Who's the most likely to pay more? <laughs> so we just took the open. We just took what the limited guy would have to pay and put in there. Yeah. And it made, it was so good because it allowed us to make the purse even bigger that yeah. first year yeah. and made people happy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad idea at all. That's I mean, well, we wouldn't have come up with it if you guys. Had, you told me that you went with the intermediate, and the more I th yeah. thought about, it, I'm thinking we're going to do it. It's going to piss a certain amount of people off, anyways. The people that aren't going to stay home over two hundred dollars, the open horse, right? Yeah, yeah. I know, exactly. really. And I mean, now it is so simple. Yeah. And the greatest thing now is you don't have that limited rider or that uh, intermediate rider who didn't enter and could have won. Right. Well, and the other thing, too, I think for, like, those guys that have a horse in training and they look at their customer one day and go, hey, look, uh, you know, this one ain't quite good enough for me. I think I'm going to have my assistant show it. And they're like, oh, are you sure? Yeah, yeah, I think it'd be a good idea. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, it's going to cost you another I thousand, thousand bucks. Right? It's going to cost you another yeah. thousand bucks to have my assistant show. Hey, so that's the to boat. To run that's it almost boat. nothing. That's the boat that I was in at Todd's. Yes. That's the way the system was when I worked for Todd. So, yeah, hey, this horse is a pretty nice horse. He's not quite enough for me. But for another thousand bucks, we can let this kid that's never shown one before <laughs> right, show right. it. How does that sound to you? Yeah, it's a great <laughs> idea. Door number two. Right. Whereas now, now it's like, hey, I am only in the open. Yeah. This is your entry. Yeah. yeah. I am only uh, eligible for the open purse. This is a nice and horse. And it's a knife fight. Yep. And this Where is a nice kept, horse, but it's not quite an open horse. For we sure. can put it on with Chris. And now you have a shot at two Three. other purses that I can't get you a shot at. And it doesn't so now, cost you anything extra. And it's exactly the same price. So now it's a way Chris's easier conversation. To now have. you're way more valuable right. than what before you were more, way more of a detriment. Mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. And yeah, Todd was having to make deals, I think, with training to get yes. people to let me show them. You yep. know what I mean? Like, because it was going to cost them more. So they're yeah. still doing it. Well, we cost more. Always <laughs> <laughs> oh, somebody. I'm, somebody's having to cover for me at all times. <laughs> yeah, it costs more and less possible in, in a lower purse. Yeah. Now, them purses down there are strong. Yeah. I, I mean, they're dang sure strong. And same with the intermediate. So it, it, that's a. That was a beautiful change. Is not easy. 
that was a beautiful change. It seems so easy, so easy well, to sell now, but it took a while. Like I say, give, give Dave Deal credit for that. I yeah. mean, that he, he really him. did the numbers on that. And, yeah. I, mean, I remember he, you guys running the numbers up there at Idaho before you had done it. Yeah. Talking yeah. about it, or maybe you had done it and you were well, going we, to or something. We, we, uh, we did it at the, our fraternity show in Powell Butte. The first was time. that the what was the name of that Brasada, Brasada, yeah. Show. And then yeah. you're talking of you guys were talking about doing it at the Idaho at Post, the Idaho, Idaho Post fraternity, yeah. 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 That's right. Well, because when we did it at uh, when we did it at Powell Butte, Todd Bergen and Jake Telford were the only two open guys oh. at our fraternity, and of course their their entry fee went up. You know, right? I I think I was. VP of the club at that time and of course you know they're both friends of mine and uh, you know there's nothing like getting attacked by your friends on the first day <laughs> wanting to know what in the hell are we paying extra money to <laughs> enter this fraternity for and I was like guys trust me trust me it'll it's, work it's gonna work and they're like I don't understand explain it to me and I'm like tried to explain it and it uh, they weren't getting they're horse it. trainers they don't they don't have the accountant side yeah and then uh and it's a but lot. When to, it, but when it was over, they both looked at me and they went, tell me again good. how this works. <laughs> I mean, does this seem like it's paying a lot more? And I'm like, yes, it's paying a lot more. Doesn't seem right. Yeah. But they didn't really get it. Yeah. But it gets you. It's getting the entries. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, for, it's, it's hard to believe. It's about getting everybody to play. That it could be that much, that you could come up with something that would make the payout that much better. Yeah. But it did. That's why I say it's itchy and he used to listen to that because like, around my house like i hear a lot of these conversations about this newfangled leveling system that they're coming up with and stuff and i'm like guys we've been through all this yeah like and i don't know if there's a perfect situation but we've got it pretty darn close it it works we are pretty pretty darn close right here right now hey and another big step and i think a big step that we went over the last night is raising the novice novice horse yeah, I do too. Yeah, I make that novice horse twelve five now instead of five thousand, yep. so you they bet. can they can make the fraternity finals and still be a novice horse because yep. that's a cool deal. Yep. That pack gets some horses down the road derby year. You know, like I really think at this stage of the game, as good as we got things going, I think they ought to raise that limited open and that level one limited open amount i mean hmm. let them guys play a little longer in that pool i've been saying that for a couple of years especially about yeah. the limited you know yeah. the level one whatever i mean make sure you keep that for the beginner yep and beginner, and yeah, if yeah. you're and, and you know and if a guy comes over from another discipline like spud and he come back last yep. year like one level one or whatever and uh you know let get them guys out of there quick you know that, yeah. that needs to I, stay I, low enough i do too but the problem for me what i see is that you know, them guys get out of that limited, uh, their level one, and shoot usually at the same time as when they go out of the limited. Right, right, yep. right. And they haven't really learned how to show yet. They haven't built a clientele yet, you know. And well, so, and I mean, realistically for anybody, one good horse bump you right out of that limited. And mm-hmm. I mean, you might think he was a horse training son of a gun. Right. But... There's no. a good jump. It was that there's, real good horse. There's a good right. jump. Cut your throat when she made you famous, buddy. <laughs> you know? um, yeah, a little Miss Shiny check still haunts me. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I'd like to see him make that, make that limited open like a hundred thousand. Sure. No, I, I I wouldn't have a problem with a guy being in, and and really that would allow a lot of guys to show for a while, right? And get, I know there's a lot of guys around our area that are 
in that, you know, they're out of the limited. They've been out of the limited for several years, yeah. but they're not to 100. Right. You know what I mean? And they're not, they, maybe they don't come to the majors because they know they don't have the clientele and the horsepower to hang in. Because the intermediate is. Or even well, that confidence, you know. Yeah, well, that's I it. mean, come on. But now, also on top of that, it, the limited is now lifetime, isn't it? Yeah, no. I, yeah, there's no, I don't think there's a rotation down to it. To no, the yeah, no. Once you're limited, out, limited is limited. Out. Intermediate's the only rotator. Now, I mean. Lifetime or it's just yeah. I think it's just limited age. Oh no, they just went to the lifetime on the. How how is it that I'm in the intermediate bridle now? Did they rotate? Uh, it used to be lifetime, and now that one rotates every three years. Uh, I really not hundred percent sure. There's there's a lot going on. There there is some of it is kind of confusing. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, all I know is the good thing is now you just go in there and enter. And they put you in the division you're in instead yeah. of it. Remember when you were responsible for yeah, knowing and if you, if did you it were wrong in the and you got fined? And they t- hey, they made me go take Eric Martin's prizes away when we ran the NSHA because it was NRCHA sanctioned, and I had to go take his stuff back. That's not fun. Oh, I'm telling you, that was awful. I mean, oh, that was he's awful. not showing anymore. <laughs> no, he married well. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, way smarter than the rest of us. They, they have um, show jumpers or. Oh, really? Yeah, he's, he, his wife um, was, is a trainer also in a higher end type of deal. And Eric rides them. And uh, uh, Tina Fry, which is now Robinson, told me that he showed up at some show the other day, some club show in the Cowhouse, hadn't been on ever, and kicked their ass and. <laughs> Went back home. <laughs> Making sure he's still good. Like a ninja. <laughs> he's like a ninja. Sneak in. Oh Last I'll time never... I think I saw him was when he uh, tried to ninja. The, oh, my God. The ninja in Idaho. Sink in Idaho. Oh, my God. And he Lord. won the limited open, had a wind picture with a black eye. <laughs> his lip. He split <laughs> his, his lip, lip open. Split. We went out. We went out. And we actually went and visited... Um, wasn't it the Rob, Rob Thomas, Thomas band? Yeah, yeah, yeah. went in the back room and things got out of control and we continued from there. Was Rob that Thomas. That would have been like, door. that was like 06. Yeah, that was 14 maybe, years uh, ago. Uh, it's blurry. And we go on. <laughs> Rob Thomas band has to leave. So we keep going. And then I leave and Jake and Mike Spacito and Eric are in the room. And the Zohan. Mike Spazito and the Zohan. They're standing together. And smooth. And so, so somebody's really nice house, and Eric goes in to go to the bathroom and falls and goes to grab the towel rack, but he's afraid he'll break it in these nice people's house, so he doesn't and hits his lip. <laughs> and he comes in. It splits so bad, it's hanging off. And it, so Jake and Mike are passed out. Can't wait. Spazito up. Can't wait, wait to, don't up. mess with the Zohan. Yeah. And he says, <laughs> hey, I think I need somebody to take me to the hospital. And he looks at it and he's like, why? Well, my lips. And a piece of it's hanging down. He says, well, just cut it off. <laughs> <laughs> so they wake him up and take him in there. And they sew it all up. And the lady's mad. She won't believe that he fell. She thinks he's drunk and in a fight. So she just does leave him in the waiting room forever. It wasn't a fight. With the, sink. with the suit. <laughs> it, well, it won. He shows up, and yet that is so big that you cannot He looked not like a Simpson. Laugh out this Donald Duck. <laughs> well, we would see, and so if you made him laugh, the stitches started to oh. split. So we would see him and just turn and go somewhere else. <laughs> we could not laugh at him. 
Mm-hmm. I loved Idaho. <laughs> Idaho's a fun show. There was a lot of stuff there. That's always a fun show. Yeah. It's the last one of the year. Jake got put in jail there. Which Jake? Goral. <laughs> I missed well, that one, too. Was that when he had his tooth out? Remember when he had his missing the front tooth? <laughs> No, you don't remember that? Oh, yeah, man. he what had like he? a chicklet. Well, yeah, he kept a, he did, he kept he a chicklet in his front pocket. <laughs> he, he grew up there. He had priors. Yeah. <laughs> what? Like you're always 17 in your hometown. That's right. Shout oh, out Cross Canadian Ragweed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good show, though. That was so fun. Caldwell Night Road, Rodeo Grounds when we were over there. Did you ever go to that one, Jim? Nope. We went and... It's a little tiny indoor arena, and the I've cattle are across the railroad tracks. Yeah. <laughs> and we would show up, and they would usually cut the night in the at night on the first day. But we would get there, and we would all just go get the cattle and drive them across. Well, one time, cattle didn't show up. I mean, everybody's ready to show. <laughs> no cows. Yeah, there's no cows. I'm shaft out. I mean, we're ready. We're well, going to just go get Southern cow- no California cows. dry work only class. Right. <laughs> we do things a little different. <laughs> than I know, yeah. <laughs> but in the parking lot is Victor's restaurant and bar. So everybody, it's no big deal. Everybody puts our horses away and we all go to Victor's, we, <laughs> which we went there every night. Anyhow, we were just early that night. Is this the place you locked them in? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same night? Well it, well, it sure could have been because we had an early start. Oh, that place was something else. <laughs> there was this late, the waitress had uh, packer boots that laced up to her knees. <laughs> and she's this hefty kind of gal, you know. <laughs> well, she was so much fun. Potato we're in there, yeah, We're in there doing what we do. And pretty soon she says, you wingnuts need to get out of here. <laughs> I used to love going to Idaho Snap, but Trudy used to show videos all the time. Oh, And there was the always greatest. that video you getting oh, yeah, the cowboy pull up and grabbing the, grabbing the fence <laughs> cowboy and push pull-ups. yourself back on and wave your hat. I'm like, <laughs> who is that guy? They're like, that's Russell Dilday. I'm like, he's awesome. That's stinking Sandy Collier and Lynn Anderson. Got a picture out of that video and wait all year and go make a banner. <laughs> they wait all year to keep this quiet. <laughs> and the next year, the fence work comes, and I ride in there on my fraternity horse, and you ride in there and turn around because the cows come where you come from. After I ride in, they have this giant banner with that picture and <laughs> cowboy push-ups, and they throw it over the fence and hang it up while I'm going, <laughs> while I'm asking for my cow. <laughs> Uh, that's oh my awesome Lord. wish people would take shit more serious <laughs> <laughs> well it's not like we're curing cancer here people i know <laughs> i can't remember who used to work the ground but he would we in school at night then and he'd have the ground all work so they didn't have to in the morning and we were down at the bar and uh, i had a big old dually full of people <laughs> uh, any reynolds just it. full of them i mean i tore that thing up i had brodies oh. on that whole entire and here come the cops <laughs> from the other end of the building and they're hollering at me the cops are counting. well when they told me i had spun around and i'm facing them so i can't really get turned around again for some reason i'm at stop and i hit that reverse this is I where i there and uh nampa at the new one not at the little one yeah it'd have been tough to pull off at the other one 
I think I was there that night. You might have been in the truck. Because <laughs> didn't, uh, didn't we all get fined over that deal? No, I didn't get caught on mine. It wasn't my truck. It, no, it wasn't my truck. Cause Cause they, they couldn't really pin it on me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. No, Somebody that, did get fined at that a different the Trent Peterson rule. <laughs> That's who did it. <laughs> <laughs> I got away with that one. You Okay, good for you. Good for you. Yeah. Brody's at horse shows. That, Can't beat that, Brody's at horse shows. That was probably my my proudest father son moment. There was Jesse and I were both there, and I think Jesse was about twelve. <laughs> he had videoed the entire thing on his telephone, you know. And Jerry Buchman come in the next morning, and he he is grilling Jesse. About, <laughs> he knows he's got it. He's like, Jesse, do you have the video of what went on last night? And and Jesse's like, No, no, nope. no, I don't have. Uh, no, and Jerry, you know, Jerry's being a little bit intimidating. <laughs> Jesse ain't cracking, and Jerry finally gets mad and leaves, and I look at Jesse, I'm going, good job, and he goes, snitches get stitches. <laughs> <laughs> that might good be the boy. next t-shirt. <laughs> good boy. <laughs> so, you know, do you remember when uh, Mike Miller went underground and then they played it in slow motion at the after party? I've <laughs> yes, at the banquet. At the banquet. Yep. It was unbelievable. Yep. He hits, he endos, his horse endos, and he hits, and it he hits so hard his body goes into that soft dirt and just like like, like cross carson yeah like cross carson <laughs> hey Callie, oh, Callie miller did a little derby the other day up there at nampa she had, oh. she did it too if it weren't for her factory installed airbags i think it'd give her. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was close <laughs> that was a close one day <laughs> <laughs> One time Lori Ward did it in the fell in the corner. Those aren't factory. <laughs> she flipped over in the corner and I I saw it going, so I started running and when I got there, she was still face down. <laughs> and when she and I grabbed her and helped her get out. I mean, I shook her a little bit, but she had so much lipstick on. When I picked her up, all of her lipstick was full of sand. It looked like a little gingerbread man. <laughs> I started laughing. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Oh, that was funny. Lori making sand angels? Sand angels, yeah. Dude, on your back next time. My God, face first. Oh long as nobody gets hurt my well, favorite one i forget hurt. exactly what happened i don't even know if i was there it might have been a story i heard but i guess carol rose come off one in the indoor and she looked back and her butt print was on the <laughs> ground and she said we'll have to name this the rose bowl can't laugh at yourself. <laughs> someone else will. That's someone else will. <laughs> That's what we're for. That's yeah. right. So oh, friends are Lord. for. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, oh, wow. Idaho was fun. They had them. When we were in the Caldwell deal, it would be replacement heifers. So they weigh oh, 800. Geez. I mean, they are huge. And they were solid Herefords. There's no point even trying to, to remember anything. Yeah. No. And it didn't matter because I acted 
exactly the same. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I have pictures early on uh, circling and be on the wrong side of the cow, on the off side of the cow, and you can just barely tell there's a horse there. Yeah. They're so big. Ah, dang, but they were so fun. And short, little, fast arena. I mean, you had a, there is no loping along. We get a lot of that in the Northwest where there's a, a small that. arena and big cattle. Big cattle. Yeah. Split old um, Gary Ballmer's uh, pelvis open there. Huh. Yeah. You try to leave the arena. Not good. Yeah. He's tough. I haven't seen just him, had him, I haven't drag seen him us, in a long time. Just had to drag him outside. <laughs> Sat there. Old like a Mexican rodeo. You guys keep going. <laughs> <laughs> like a Mexican rodeo. Yeah. <laughs> Getting him out of the way. We're next man up. Another one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> next. <laughs> well, Jim, what would you think, getting back to you a little bit, what would, uh, if you go back to your 19-year-old self who was uh, pumping gas and riding some horses, what are you going to tell him? Oh, Idiot. There's no, there was no telling that. Yeah, hey, you might have to. <laughs> he ain't going to listen anyway. Can you quit 25 or something? <laughs> okay. How about that 30-year-old that was just going uh, to start training that. cow horses? Oh, uh, listen to your wife. <laughs> <laughs> She's a lot smarter than you are. Yeah, for sure. Another, another motif going around. <laughs> <laughs> what would you tell you when you were trying to get in it like what would you have told you oh just go for it i mean you gotta live your dreams you know i mean i, I honestly that first time i saw that snaffle bit i'm like that's the coolest thing i've ever seen and it took me a long time to get brave enough to go do it i if wish i, 16, I wish 16 I'd years going. 16 years you went snaffle bit huh yeah, yeah. Wow. I, I wish i'd have got doing it the next year I had a customer at one point that asked me about taking one, and she'd gone bought one at Reno. And I was like, I'm not ready to do that. You know, I mean, that's going to cost you people a lot of money. I got no idea what I'm doing. I said, told him to send that horse to Dan Rozier, you know. Wow. Because he was, I mean, going. John Rozier's yeah. brother. I mean, that, and he knew everything about it. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know enough. Dan Roger, those Rogers were a staple up there. I mean, they were a, they were more than just trainers. They Dan especially well, made the whole part of making all the clubs go. Their hands now and their hands. Yeah. And Dan Roger, I mean, he he helped me a lot after that. I mean, I had a lot of Mike Marriott would get he would Dan would send horses to Mike Marriott over to Oregon to rope on them, get roping horse points on them. And then I would show them in the cow horse in the rain and we'd go try to win the all-arounds, you know. I mean, Dan helped me get my business going in, mm -hmm. in the showing, you know. It was it was a good deal for us, you know. I mean, I never got to school them or nothing. I just, Mike had them for the roping and Dan had them trained. So I'd just show up at the horse show and show them. But got me showing experience, you know, that I didn't have. You know, I was talking to Tucker Robinson last night when we were at school, and he said something about a, a, a young person telling him, well, I want to show better horses because I don't want to embarrass myself. Well, well in <laughs> there is no such. When you're no. starting, you're going to go be bad. There, it's three damn events that everyone's spending their life to learn. Oh. You really think you've, there's a good enough horse for you to not be embarrassed? Well, so, if you find it, buy it. <laughs> <laughs> and show it until it dies. <laughs>
<laughs> I did. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> what? Um, but now that you have been around the cow horse more and you see the culture and know that people don't, everybody knows that you're going to come and look bad. And you, people yeah. here don't look down on that. It can happen from it, day to day. It does happen. It's this Every is a, show, every day. This is a hero to zero in less seconds than you can count. How much does a leaderboard change today? Wow. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Matt Cook come in here. I mean, and he was sitting decent on that horse, but he went and whacked one down for Let's 22. Let's Matt Cook. Matt, no, yeah, Matt no. Cook's not human. No, not human at all, actually. But how many people looked like a mess? Oh. Like high, high yeah. end yeah. today. And there's a lot and of horses we, that are going to be really good in Fort Worth in October that, that were not very dark, especially today. It yeah. looked like, oh, yeah. And we're not surprised. all working, walking around like, oh man, did you see how bad so and so looks? See right. how bad no. so and so looks? It's just, that's all, not all part I, of this. All deal. I could think today watching the fence work was like, that ain't, ain't going to look the same. Yeah. No, that's Here not going to be The thing that comes to my mind is life is a lot more about how you respond to what happens to you than yeah. what happens to you. So, yeah. how, the, how them three year olds take what happened to them today and how yeah. they come from hey, it. Just look and at the trainers. You just know? look at last year. I mean, when the herd working raining was over, did anybody think Lance Johnson was going to win that Snapple nope. Biff Turdy? Right. Lance Johnson didn't think Lance Johnson was going <laughs> right. to win that Snapple Biff Turdy, huh? But you can't beat a guy that don't quit. Yep. No. No. No, something about perseverance. You bet. Well, and I was struck today by hanging around the back gate watching different people go and seeing people come out who had had a terribly scored run and – their whoever their friends or scru- their lopers were over there and say, hey, you know, he is pretty good. Yeah, that was two oh eight. But hey, he's we're going to be all right. Yeah. There were spots. Oh uh, yeah, there were yeah. spots. He, he handled that good. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we lost the cow there in the corner, but then see, I let me go here and put it back together. I mean, I just think the culture here is different than. Uh, I think it's the beauty of this sport. the The reality of it is, is it ain't over. It ain't. It ain't over. I mean, and you can actually go home from this with no check and feel pretty good about pretty yourself. Good. Yep. You know? I learn, take it as a learning experience that it is, you know, and that's the benefit, you know? I mean, like I say, them cutters, they don't get to show them things. I mean, they can go to pre-works all day. But there's something different when them judges oh, are sitting sure. there. For sure. <laughs> you for know sure. what I mean? Like, well, I, I mean, I think this sport, you, you can have moments of brilliance that really don't matter you can have just a lucky day and you yourself know now that that might have just been me and this horse's best trip that you will ever have <laughs> i mean i have i have drawn that cow that was the perfect cow for that particular horse and i have drawn the cow that was the worst cow that I could have drawn for that particular horse. Yes. And had it go both ways. I mean, yes. you, you just never know. Yeah. Like I but, say, they're both winning and losing. They're both temporary. Don't no. put too much stock in either one. There, there's been lots of times I've been sitting there thinking, why am I even going to show this one in the fence work? I don't have a shot. And end up ha- having a, cutting a pretty good check. Right. Hey, yep. I had that. I was that lucky today. I'm a two ten and a two ten, and the scores around here are insane. 
between the cutting and the raining. Especially yeah. year two. I went, well, then I go to the fence and get lucky on, I'm cutting Were you first and second to go around today? I don't know. I believe I you, you were. were. I think you're 24. Well, uh, if if that you weren't. mare climbed up to get in a check in the all around, I mean, in the intermediate composite, in yeah. the intermediate, and I didn't think there was a prayer. Yeah. Not one prayer on earth. You just yeah, don't well, know in you this don't sport. Know. You don't know. And I'll tell you what, like, you can't give up. That's no, the thing. No. And whether, whether that be for this weekend or for the next five years just don't give up stay after it yeah you'll figure it out or you'll get lucky and look like you figured it out <laughs> that's as good just right don't tell nobody yeah there ain't no way i'd go back to doing anything else I'll tell you that what would you say and it don't have to have anything to do with training or winning but it sure can what was your biggest accomplishment that you've pulled off cow horse related cow horse related not getting married, not having the kids. Well, there have been a lot, you know. I mean, there's not one I could really put my finger on. I mean, I was super proud of my son when he won the world um, in the youth world. But that kid's won so much now, you know. I mean, he's won the stakes and he's won the derby and as an amateur. And um, now he's off training horses on his own. I'm real proud of that. He's working for Todd Bergen now, you know. That's real, a good place to send him out. Well, boy. <laughs> huh? I mean, kid's got a shot at making something out of himself, you know? Yeah. Super proud of that. My oldest boy is studying to be a biologist and loves what he's doing. Yeah. Well, I'm sure she'll live with him. I mean, I'll probably end up in the trailer buying Jesse's barn somewhere. (laughs) I've heard your John Hoyt story. I'm thinking... Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> I was worried. God damn. I, I mean, I just suddenly came up with a retirement plan. <laughs> I am good at the strap leather. <laughs> More leather. Yeah. We'll, we'll plug you in a fifth wheel at my house, Jim, if we need to. Right. Yeah, right. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, but horse-wise, I mean, yeah, I've, I've had... I've had some really great horses. I've been lucky that way in my life. I've had some really great horses. I, I couldn't put a finger on which one I'm the proudest of, you know. I, I got a stud colt right now that I, I think is probably one of the nicest horses I've ever rode all the way around. But you dang sure couldn't not mention Tangy's classy boots or lean to smoke em oak or short and snaky. I mean, that, that horse, I mean, he... It seemed like he was kind of a, my personal ATM for a while, you know. I mean, it seemed like wherever I entered him, that sucker went out and win me a check in the open and go put his owner in the non-pro at the same dang show, you know. Mm. I mean, he was just... Them or something. Oh, he was just a great... Oh, I still have it. I mean, mm-hmm. I think he's 19 years old now. I That's awesome. Use him for... I bought him back this last time. I've sold him three, four times. And he's I, like that bird that... Uh, Sang the Willie Nelson song. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, the last last time he come up for sale, I told the people, I said, hey, maybe I just better buy him back from him. I jackpot rope on him and give lessons on him. <laughs> My wife rides him. We go to the beach once in a while. Put anybody on him. He'd take care of you. Go down the fence and let's bury him under the oak tree in my backyard one of these days, you know. I mean, he's just one of them horses. Yeah. But I've had, I've been lucky. I've had a bunch of them. I got a 
two-year-old I'm riding right now out of Tangy's Classy Boots that I made a deal with uh, Bobby Lewis. He's breeding her and getting me a colt every so often, you know. So, yeah, I'm, I've been lucky that way. I've had a lot of good ones. What about your biggest disappointment? I think probably Tangy's Classy Socks, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I honestly thought going to the fraternity the year after uh, Tangy's Classy Boots that I thought I had one that might be better, you know. I think she she was every bit the horse, and I missed finals by missed the open finals by I think a point. Mm. You know, her owner, the guy that owned her, was pretty upset, and I was disappointed. But I mean, I already kind of knew how this deal went, you know. But she never really seemed to have any luck. Like it was always something kind of dumb happened to her. I showed her for another couple of years and I, I mean I won a few things on her but nothing big and I really think she was a big time horse right you know hey that yeah. happens though don't it Jim? no it was yeah but sometimes just, you have that horse that you really don't think that great and they manage yeah to claw their way the winner circle and yeah. sometimes you have a great one and it yeah. just yeah I mean that one that one broke my heart because I really I really loved that mare I really thought she was a great horse and it just never really came together for her, you know. I mean, it was always, it was never the same thing. It was always just something stupid would happen. I had one. I had a traveling Jones bull roan mare that was out of that spoonful of sugar that was out of way. I hauled her around, shoot her three or four year old year, and it was like every time something, yeah. just whether she'd get sick yeah. or. I mean, just something stupid every time. I sold her to my father-in-law, and he's done pretty good on her and hacked yeah. more stuff, you know, and showing her in the bridle now. And she's a good horse. Yeah. But and I really believe that that mare was as big time as you'd want one to be. And you just never just know. didn't work. Mm-mm. You just never know. Stars have to align to right. some degree. What uh, if you could sum your training program up, your training philosophy up into a few paragraphs? What would you uh, say it is? I think you got to keep in mind that that every horse is an individual, you know, and I, I think they all have a place. They all have a job where they'll excel, and uh, they're not all going to do this. I mean, I think this this deal takes a really special horse. Just try to be fair to them. I just try to ride that horse and try to make it be the best it can be. Sure, and try not to uh let my goals get in the middle of it i mean i've done it but it never seemed to work out (laughs) (laughs) now you know what jim talked a little bit about when you're young and people say that and you're sitting around young and you say the same words but when you get older you realize it's really it's really true oh yeah i mean you know i went through i went through a few years there for sure where i was putting my goals ahead of their ability. Their ability, and I, I think <clears throat> probably missed the boat on a few really nice horses just because I was trying way too hard and wasn't really considering where they were at. You know, it was more about, hey, I'm, a, I'm an open guy. You need to. Step up. You need to act like it. <laughs> Whether you were an open horse or not, uh, not. by God, you were going to learn today. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think Don Murphy kind of helped me straighten that out a little bit, you know. He'll do that. He'll yeah. do it. <laughs> he, he, you talk about a wise old sage there, buddy. All right. There it is. I mean, he'll, 
He ain't afraid to let you know when you're screwing <laughs> right. up. Whether you want to hear it or not. Yeah. I paid to learn. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, but that I think that's part of your evolution in this game, too, you know, is learning how to control yourself and be a horseman, not just a horse trainer. Yes. Know? Or even a horse picker. Just sorter. Yeah. A horse sorter. Yeah. I mean, I think that's part of horsemanship. Yeah. You know, is picking the ones that fit you and but I mean I think true horsemanship is is figuring out, hey, this horse would be better suited here or better suited. Well and I, when I say sorter I mean you say you just have this program, they all right. get it. Some of them are good and some of them you throw away. Yeah. That that's not that has that hasn't you know, one thing about the Arabian deal, that that was very evident there because there's there's so much variety in the Arabians, you know. I mean, they're not all going to be cow horses. They're everything. Not yeah. all going to move good enough to be a trotting horse, you know. I mean, and the breeding didn't necessarily mean much. So it made you think that way. Yeah, you had to look at that horse and go, "Hey, he's he's he. he this can, is where he suit. He'd win a prize here. He'd yeah. win a prize there." And that was really your job as a horse trainer is to make that horse as successful as he can be. Yep. You know. I can sure appreciate that. That's yeah. the way the Appaloosa deal was. You know, that's yeah. how I come up. You know, like I say, you'd send them in. They'd, I mean, we just go through every event until you found something, something going right. to do. I mean, really, that's when I started doing the cow horse and the Arabians. It was because those things couldn't do nothing else. You know? <laughs> right. yeah. I mean, and not that, that some of them were very good cow horses, but. You they know, weren't pleasure horses, or they weren't yeah, jumpers. They, or they just didn't fit the didn't mold like the, anywhere didn't else. Didn't like the costume chasing them around the area. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'd rather chase something else, you know. <laughs> didn't like the hide hung over them. So. What's the biggest training mistake you see people make? And that could be training and showing, for that matter. As far as showing, I think people trying to go to the middle and circle up after their second turn when they have no control over that cow is the biggest mistake I see. Don't stare at Russell when you say that. I, I'm not because <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean I'm not, I think I think a lot of guys see that that run where you leave the box end with a lot of cow and you make two turns and you go the middle and circle and they see it score really high and they think that it's like a pattern and I'm always like it's not a pattern it's about control Keep, you know that guy could do that because he was in position. To do Coming it. out of that second turn to do that. Even, you know, boxing. I mean, I think I'm not a real good boxer. I don't like to box for a whole real long time. But I've never left that box end where I felt like I didn't have that cow right where I wanted it right. either. You know? Right. I mean. Don't get forced into the fence. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I to me, that that. Boxing sets up your fence work, and your fence work sets up your circle. And I think that gets missed a little bit in that they see the two turns and circle up as a pattern. And for me, it's not a pattern. Hey, you'll appreciate this. We're over there in Fort Worth last week. I'm showing down the fence, and I think it's pre fraternity. So we're trying to give them good experience. This cow's kind of a, just a, one of them dumb cows walling around. I come out of my third turn, and I don't like where I'm at. So I loop it after my third turn and just loop it, set it back up, and get me another turn. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I, that's the first time I think I've ever looped one after a third turn. Yeah. But I, 
looped it, made another turn, got good circles. I think I marked 45. I mean, I wasn't a winner. But yeah, but gave got a good night, experience, got, got kept control horse. of your cow. Yep, got a, yeah. good, got a good work on my horse, and yeah. it was good. And shoot, and then speaking of Russell making two turns, that's how wild these cows were today. Russell made, how many turns did you make on that first horse? Four. four solid yeah. four. Four solid fast ones. Four. Yeah, and three on your other one. And three on I the mean, other one. It's yeah. what it took to get that cow under control for your horse. I'm yeah. Gonna, to me, and that's that's. I, key. And today, on the second horse in particular, I had, I had that horse was in position to go off of the second turn, but I'm too far down there. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, I, and yeah, your third turn was right in the middle oh, where you want to go man. circle. And mm-hmm. to come out of that turn, and you're on the center marker, yeah. and now money circling up right in front of the judges while I'm fleeing over to see you. Felt so good. Spells money. Yes. Yeah. When You know, when you first came and when we are younger, three turns was the ideal run. You bet. You That's bet. what everyone's goal was. Yeah. Two long runs and one in the one middle. One in the middle be able to drop your hat in the center and go around both sides of it. Yeah, yeah I mean, still not been, still not been bra- brave enough to do that. Yeah, to your mask I have thought so many times <laughs> how cool that would be just to throw it down and then go go around it. I remember seeing Smokey Pritchard come out to circle his cow one time. He circled it to the left first, and then he switched sides, and he just lays his Romel over the rib cage of that cow and circled it up on a loose rein. That Romel just oh, sat really? right there on that rib cage. I'm like... Oh, that was badass right there. That, that was sweet. And he just looks so finessed up there doing it, you know, like he's on a trail ride or something. I'm like, that guy's cool. <laughs> that guy's cool. Yeah, big old paint horse. That was badass. Yeah, no fear in that man. Oh, good fence working guy right there. Mm-hmm. So if you could pick uh, one event to win that you haven't won, what would it be? It'd probably be snap a bit, yeah. I mean, if you're asking me, you know, right now, how about the stakes? Let's win that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go win that tomorrow. That'd be good. <laughs> that would be good. But yeah, snaffle bit. I mean, to me, that's that's just, that's what this association is. You know, I mean, world's greatest. That'd be awesome too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I think we all look at the snaffle bit fraternity and go, well. Nobody else had their hands on this one. This is all me all and this you. horse, you know. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, all the same three events on yeah. the youngest yeah. horse. Yeah, like and you, it does. And you the made biggest that. Paycheck. You helped make that one. That's yeah. to me. That's cool. And the biggest paycheck. <laughs> and the biggest paycheck. You know, hundred and some. I mean, that world's greatest. I try to go every chance I got. If I got a horse that I think I can go, not look like a complete moron on i'm going because it's the funnest thing i've ever hated doing (laughs) 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 you know (laughs) but snaffle bit it's awesome it's the first one i ever saw and i think it was the i still think it's the coolest thing i ever seen there's something about that i think it's the first one you see yeah yeah you know what i mean it's the first one, whatever you see first, you know what I mean? I think that that event just gets to put on a pedestal for you. Well, and, and that one, I mean, that was still when we did all three on Sunday. And John Rozier. Oh, yeah. They don't come cooler. Right. I mean. No, it's hello, ice Elvis. Water. I mean, he's Elvis. He is. That guy's 
He's the coolest. The horse probably dude. had 180 days riding. Maybe. I didn't tell it. <laughs> you know, there was something like that. That horse came late or something. I mean, he's just incredible. Yeah, but it's John Roger. He's so man. He could have got him the day before and he'd <laughs> yeah. come out and put on a good showing, you know? I mean, and look so good doing it. Yeah, the man is part horse. Mm. I always think of, you know, that Geico commercial and says, Do you uh, mind being a moto? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, do you mind not being a moto? I always think of Rose when yeah, I see that. I'm like, that do you mind not being a moto? Yeah. That is that is uh, that is very accurate. I, ne- I will never watch that commercial watch the same that. again. Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. yeah, John Roger, he's the coolest. He is. Well, I tell you. We can't thank you enough for joining us, Jim. Well, I'm honored that you guys even asked me. I've been driving up and down the road listening to all your shows and laughing hysterically and <laughs> almost driving off the road a few times and thinking, that, that, what a cool show. The Ronnie Richards one, I got to tell you, I, driving down here, I was like, I, I've talked to Ronnie a couple times and visited with him and never got to know him that good, but... When he said his wife was kind of a big girl and was like small girls and she pushed her way to the front, I was oh my god! I I was about Urington, Nevada, and I damn near drove off into the desert. The tears in my eyes were going so bad, and I'm thinking. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I heard it all by myself and I am just laughing hysterically. Oh <laughs> Don't my God. It surprised me. <laughs> and, w- and I was there when he said it. I know. <laughs> it was still hilarious again. Oh, I almost had an insurance claim with you guys over there. It was awesome. Oh, wait a minute. Hey, what about the. Uh, the most important five minutes of your career. Oh. Almost forgot that. Oh, hey. That is a gooder. I, I actually, I thought about if you guys ever asked me that. And I was going to tell you this story. So, Don Murphy comes up to my place, gives, a, gives clinics a couple times a year. You know, he didn't make it up this year with all the COVID thing. But we were sitting around one night. We'd given this clinic. And it all day on Saturday and Sunday. We had a bunch of people at it. We'd worked our butts off. I still had a couple snaffle bitters. I wanted to work my snaffle bitters. So we were, there's a deck on the end of my arena, Don sitting up there having a glass of whiskey, and I worked my snaffle bitter, and it, it had not gone very well. And uh, I looked at Don, and I'm like, this is the hardest damn thing I've ever done in my life. And he goes, what's that? I said, training a horse to do three different events and he said i'll bet that is tough (laughs) (laughs) and i was like what do you mean i mean you know you've done this your whole life he goes i've never done that one time it's not three different events it's one event and as long as you keep trying to train them like it's three different events you're never gonna pull this off that's truer words were never spoke right there. It, it took me about three years to figure out what the hell he was talking about, but I think I kind of get it now. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, it, I think that was that was a, definitely a turning point for me as far as just getting the understanding that this is one event and yeah. quit trying to make it 
three different ones. You three know, separate I mean, events. Well, I he wasn't the first one tried to tell me that. I think Tangy's classy boots tried to tell me that once too. But <laughs> <laughs> he just wasn't listening. I wasn't listening to her. <laughs> I hear people say all the time, though, like, "Man, the rain work contradicts the herd work, and the fence work contradicts both." No, and if I'm you like, do. "Yeah, that's yeah. it." I mean, that's the way. That's my thought on it. I mean, and that's Don drilled that into me. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, find a way, figure out your blend. Yeah. So that you can make the three events complement each other. Yeah. I mean, shoot, my derby horse, I ain't worked her out of the herd yet. I've worked, I've been down, I've been to fence work practice pen two days and I've rained on her a day and I'm going to cut on her tomorrow. Yeah. But I, everything I've done to her, hopefully, is helping her for the herd. I mean, I'll yeah. herd work her in the morning before I show her, but yeah. I mean, shoot, it shouldn't be no big deal. I mean, I've taken them. Shoot, I've rained around and then went and showed them an NCHA cut in the next day, you know, or run them down the fence or whatever. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, I mean, that fence work, I t- I've been playing with them. <laughs> I've been donating a lot to the NCHA. I mean, NRCHA <laughs> is my family, but <laughs> NCHA is, I, 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 I like to go there and donate. It's my charity work. Yeah. Added money. Added money. <laughs> and I tell you, I, was, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get a jack around with them. I'm like, man, these things aren't cutting. I'm like, all right, I'm going to the big pen. I'm going to go work them where I know where I'm doing. And I tell you what, a couple of days of that, and you go slapping back in that herd, and they're yeah. like, "Hey, this isn't so bad." Yeah. So yeah, it's a. Oh, we ma- we make it more difficult sometimes yeah. than we need to. Yeah, I visited sure. with Johnny Mitchell a bunch the last couple of days. He's been here watching and hanging out, and so we got to visit him quite a bit about just that. And yeah. that was pretty interesting. That guy, if you ever get a chance to sit down and talk to that guy, that's a that's a treat. I watch him on the uh, cutting horse video deal all the time. I right. Addicted to that. Cutting horse training online? Yeah. yeah. Not to be that. confused with rain cow horse training online. I like that one too. Yeah. But yeah, I've been watching that. the cutting horse one for about oh, uh, yeah. since they started. Yeah, it's good. It is. Dang good. I sit there, drink my coffee in the morning, and watch those videos, and then I go out and flag my horses till they're sick of me. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what I did the other day. It was a Sunday, and I was working horses. And actually, it's a little yellow horse I showed here. And I was running, stopping him a little bit. It's like, hmm, kind of out of air. Wonder what my what my fellows, what my buddies have to say on old Randy Cowers trail. <laughs> pull it up, I'm like, oh, there's Randy Paul. I'm like, oh, he's stopping, leaning a little to the right. That might not apply. <laughs> <laughs> Scrolling down there is Justin Wright stopping. So I'm like, oh, here we go. And so I watched him. Like, hey. My brother, my brother got a little something. I didn't have to call him. I can just see what he's got to say without even having to call him and bother him on a Sunday. And, yeah, I just pulled up under a shade tree and went and tried a little. Uh, yeah, pretty good. That helped. It's, it didn't work. look like it helped at this horse show, but it will. <laughs> In October, it'll look like it helped. It'll be all right. My kid told it me helped. the other day he's been down there at Bergen's now, you know, since Christmas and working for him. And he said uh, Justin had called and told Todd he wanted to come up and get some help with the rain work. And, Todd had said, well, why don't you just have Randy help you? You know, he's right there. And uh, Justin said, you know, I love Randy. He goes, but it's like trying to watch a magician and figure out how he does his tricks. (laughs) 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 The man is not human. Did John take that as an insult? (laughs) (laughs) No. I want to go watch somebody simple, Todd. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go find him and tell him that. (laughs) Randy was schooling Lindsay's horse that other night for the non-pro ran and 
And Lindsay's, she's, she ain't showed much in the last few years. Like yeah. 18 years, I believe, is what she told me. Kind of whooped it on them in the she ring. She did, though, didn't too, she? yeah. And they were having a heck of a time the night before. Yeah. And pretty quick, Randy waves her over. He gets on. I mean, shoot, he's half crippled right yeah. now because I mean, yeah. he's still recovering from Scott's Bad stuff. ankle, bad and shoulder. He runs this He'll thing down there, ass. and he jacks around a little bit. And Man, about three trips up and down the pen, this thing is smoking its tail on the ground now. And I just ride by him. I'm like, you just need a pointed hat and a stick. Because you're like a wizard. <laughs> yep. Hey, Merlin. Yeah. <laughs> Gandalf. There's a few, there's a few of them guys around here. Yeah. Oh, I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah. There's a few of them guys around here. You kind of wonder, how did he pull that All off? All right. You'll have a little of that. Thanks again for the sponsor of this podcast, the Reno Snaffle Bit Fraternity. Well... I think we're losing Russell. Draw 18. Russell's He's 11 get away. To work. Good to see you, Jim, buddy. Man, I'll say. Awesome job today. Thank you. Jim, thank you very much. Thanks for having me, guys. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, no, outstanding. So, uh, yeah, till next time, folks, go fast. Make good decisions. Thank you for listening to Cow Horse. Full contact. Please like our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram to stay tuned for future episodes.